Once again, audience, <laughs> it's been a few episodes <laughs> this week, but you know, normal time as always. Welcome to another episode of Anime Was Not a Mistake. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, just a young ingenue from New Jersey looking for stardom. Joined as always by Dan Ryan, uh, a, a young warrior who has finally decided to join Sid, even though it was always obvious that I was going to join Sid. I mean, so, he's kind of hot, so... <laughs> Everyone's hot in that game. Uh, there's but schemes I haven't are it. in motion. Yeah. Schemes are in motion. Yeah. We got a plan now. Yeah, um, that's good. That's good. Uh, as always, we're recording lots of anime episodes. Some new things on the horizon, but there's one thing that we'll never get rid of on this podcast. And it's our Sinister Six. Yes, specifically uh, Sinister Selection. Because oh, yes. The cycle has passed mm-hmm. of, of birth, mm-hmm. death, and re, uh, rebirth. Yep. Uh, means that, you know, the each person gets to choose a movie to bring yeah. to the table. Yeah, and, uh, you know, every 13 or so choices, mm-hmm. as it is an unlucky number, we get to pick from the pot. It's been brewing. Mm-hmm. Reach in a gloved hand and pull out a specific pick. Yes. And I will say this, Dan, you got off last time easy with Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. That, Yours That's was right. Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Last selection yeah, last series. Selection. Okay, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, that Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte feels like three years ago well, at this point. Basically. So. Yeah, know? okay. It's okay. six times 12, so it's been a while since we selected. Ooh, I really did Wonder Woman last time. Yeah? Uh, I got I to match that energy somehow. Mm. I got to think. There's no beating it. Got to think. And that's assuming you'll live and survive past this one. <laughs> well, yeah, depending on how scorched earth you go today, because yeah. you've been hyping this up from oh, the shadows for I'm God knows how long. I'm to destroy you, dismantle you, I'm sick of you winning. <laughs> it's time for Dan to lose. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I basically have a pick for mine next week, mm. but I'm interested to see what happens today, because that could change depending on how heavy I have to go. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see mm. what happens. Yeah, I'll throw the first punch, and we'll see how that happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, any... I know we've talked a lot this week. Any light adjacent news updates that we have to share? It's okay no. if you don't. All right, that's I've been fine. watching so, watching more JoJo still, mm-hmm. uh, and playing Final Fantasy sixteen, obviously. Yep. And I, I understand that you got the Master Sword. Yes, I um, went to the Deku Tree. Spoilers: He's in the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his belly was upset. I it beat was. a Phantom Ganon, and then he said, "There's something." 
going on over there? The Master Sword is moving. And I put two and two together. Mm-hmm. I said that odd dragon, who I still don't know who it might be, but mm-hmm. all the clues are pointing to one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it's cool nonetheless. I didn't realize how big this game feels. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I did it in my youth, Breath of the Wild. It felt like I soared through Breath of the Wild. Maybe because it was a summer when we were in college and we had, like, free time. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the... Just, I mean, for the size of this game, I did that quest in a different order from yeah. you. Yeah. I found all of something else before I went into the Deku Tree. Mm-hmm. So... I kind of, I th- I guess I got, like, the golden version of that scenario, okay. because I had already solved a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't go back and find the Deku Tree until after I had already Done cleared everything else. Everything else. Mm-hmm. And the game calculates for that and changes the dialogue, and like, oh, you already went and, you mm-hmm. know, did everything like that. Yeah. But... It's just huge. It's very difficult to run out of stuff to do. Yeah. Like, I... I still barely touch the underground. Yeah. I've been doing a few of the Sky Islands. I think I've got a good chunk of the sky mapped out. Four more regions still to go to the towers, too. I... Like, I double-checked last night that there are indeed 150-something shrines. Mm-hmm. I'm only, like, at 110. Oh, I'm at 80. So, so I'm catching up to you. It, it It's... You know, I'm looking all over the map with mm-hmm. without cheating, and... I'm like, I got a lot more shit to find. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's truly, truly been an amazing game. Mm-hmm. If we haven't shilled hard enough for it. Yeah. Yeah. Solid game. Solid game. Been spending some time reading, licking my wounds until going back to work and mm-hmm. prepping for the inevitability of a Barbie Heimer, uh, stripping yes. my flesh away and rebuilding me anew. <laughs> In a sparkly fashion. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In a magical girl Superman transformation. Yes. Yep. Or as we like to call it on Twitter, the revitalization of uh, Berserk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, himbo and Himbet yeah. are getting their tropes Himbo all. and small girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's what they're getting. But it looks good. It looks interesting. I'm glad you had that Superman. Me too. I I really hope because apparently a season a second season has already been confirmed good. or it was in the works already and I just love it because it's such like a Superman's finally getting some attention mm-hmm. in like a not bad way. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole thing with in the past couple of years with the DC movies and everything has been a complicated, complex mess. Mm. In fact, the reason that I haven't brought any of those, like beat like Batman versus Superman, you don't want to kill me. <laughs> you want to do it slowly. Um, well, I do. Yeah, uh, my bleed him dry. My seething resentment against you mm-hmm. knows no bounds. But I can't say that I hate any of them enough to do that yet. Like, I don't know... You have a heart of gold, Dan. You're one of the pure ones. You know, if I would bring any of them in that context, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's like, I still... Like, I know what I don't like about them, but, you know, there's just such a shit show of discourse that goes on with those. Same with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Same same reason we haven't done Star Wars yet. It's it's just because there's like... (laughs) You know, I want to wait for things to simmer down. But at a, a point, bit. we have to forget them and just forget the haters and talk about like we hate on it in our own loving way. Yeah, and then we do just step by it. Yeah, and that's that's one thing to consider. So the, yeah. the, you know, they probably will in the near future. But it's like, you know, it's it's they're complicated films to navigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so with that, uh, still working on the tangents that you processed me. 
Yeah. A few days ago. Oh, another to add to the pod uh, still? No, no, oh. no. Not, not, not even really. Um, Making me think a lot, huh, Dan? I was... I'm Like, I'm fine... Again, because for the past couple days, we've been working on podcast stuff. I was trying to get some art done for the podcast. And you we did. Got, You've done it. We got more <laughs> art coming for the podcast. Yes. So then I can get back to work on some of the mons uh, in my... Pathetic amounts of free time I can get back to, to doing that. It's not pathetic. You're, and, you're um, living. I can uh, start working on a bunch of stuff again. I'm probably, at some point soon, going to start on our equivalent to, like, the the uh, Paradox Mons. Okay. Our, our Strange Sightings, and uh, I already forgot the our other one. Our Future Visions or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah. So, I think we already... The one that is set in stone is obviously Lock Lurker, which mm-hmm. is Lapras. Mm-hmm. Uh easiest one to do will be done first you mm-hmm. suggested a puck wudgie mm-hmm. but i don't believe you suggested a mon to go with huh, it that's odd um but if you want a vamp for one moment i will double <laughs> you will check switch so how's everyone doing lately they drinking some water for this episode i can guarantee you y'all it's gonna be a little long so maybe pour yourself a little drink before you listen in but it'll be a good one yeah remember to stay hydrated yeah, yeah well alcohol doesn't hydrate you but that's okay too Puck wudgie. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think what. Just want to make sure. Legendary and spy. Here we go. It's like a little my, gnome guy. All my spreadsheets that I made. Oh my goodness. Searching through all that. Uh, yes, you did suggest a puck wudgie with no mon attached. Huh. Since they're like a little troll type yeah. dude and they're creepy, what about Mr. Mime? I'll, I'll think about it, but yeah, think, we could, think I could do it, something yeah. with Mr. Mime. I'll use well, it doesn't problem. have to. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. what what would you want a Pukwudgie to be? Yeah, little troll, little troll. Yeah, yeah. Because I, that was the first gut instinct, but there could be other trolls that I'm forgetting about, like mm-hmm. Darmanitan might. Mankey. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, think on that. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, taint Darmanitan. I think he's already perfect. Me too. (laughs) One of the rules we can agree on. Really. Cross the boundaries and have the Geneva Treaties going on there. But (laughs) Mankey could be interesting. Yeah, he's already a dick in the anime. Yeah. You know? Maybe he evolves into something else, but he does have that ghost evolution too that just came out. Well, this as a paradox mon, he wouldn't evolve. He would just be something that happens to look like Mankey. So yeah, He, he, he would just have the stats of... Mean Jigglypuff, whatever right. the fuck it is, <laughs> screaming, yeah, screaming rage. Puff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm gonna. I want to try with Mankey. Okay. If you give me permission, sure. Will, why not? Yeah, uh, Pukwudgie on my mind, along with fairy types, mm-hmm. Rainforest Mon. Mm-hmm. Still thinking of everything else. Of course, but they're always on my mind as I get back to work. In the doldrums, I'll find moments during my day to think about this for you. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really. Oh well. Mm-hmm. And a long time ago, we talked about giving a time skip Evo for Klefki. I put them in the... Did we? I don't remember that. This was a while ago. Yeah. I put them in the, the chart thing as encrypt key. Yeah, just they... give them many keys. <laughs> well, virtual keys. They, oh, they, they hold on to your I like passcodes. That. I like that. So I think one of the next characters I'll do is our uh, Raz Corporation Bulma woman. Oh, and I then like that. Encrypt key will be her signature because she runs yep. all the tech yep, shit. Yep, so yep. That, that'll be the next Very cool, very thing. cool. The yep. next pairing, A I digital guess. key. Yep. Um, but other, but beyond that, those were the only thoughts I had, mm. so. Well, you've put off your suffering long enough, haven't you, Dan? I was trying. You know, you survived for ten minutes, and I congratulate you, but tonight is the night that you see hell. 
Well, that bag of Taco Bell on the distance is what I'm focusing it, my it, eyes on. It won't so save you. It can only last can so just, long. That's a different hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, today for my Sinister Selection, I would like to say that it does fall into my tropes of the last pick. Mm-hmm. Remember I said um, last time during Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte when we finished our classic Hollywood psycho bitty era. Yes. Um, I said it'll be a while till I return to old Hollywood. Little did I know that it would be for the next Sinister Selection, mm-hmm. that the bug would bite me again. Uh, this film that we're going to watch tonight is very, very divisive. People love it. People hate it. People are confused by it. People are afraid of it. And many people on my Twitter actually thought it was robbed many awards recently. Oh, oh uh, Daniel. Now I get the elephant comment. Daniel Ryan. It's time that we go to a land that wasn't in existence anymore. What stands today is Hollywood, but before you and I were in... <laughs> no. <laughs> involved in Hollywood. Involved in Hollywood, <laughs> even a star in our mother's eyes. That Hollywood might have been considered... Babylon. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And Babylon... Right, let me see it. Let me see it. <laughs> ...is so nice, so divisive, so bad, that instead of a sinister scant synopsis, I needed uh, the drawing board's help with this one oh. to give us a little bit of a backstory. So a special guest star, our drawing board, and he's done up in all his Hollywood glamour. He's got a tux. He's got a beautiful awards dress on at the same time. Well, he doesn't get the party very often. We oh, he's not partying, so. Dan. Oh, <laughs> he's crying in the corner heavily over whiskey, over what film has become and where known. film is going. But there is a glimmer of hope for you, Dan Ryan. Mm-hmm. As I've rewatched this movie more times than the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Okay. And it's three hours and six minutes long. And my opinion on it has changed slightly. I went from despising it, saying that I hate this film above all else, to actually kind of liking it, Ben. The multiple viewings led you to that? I don't know. If it was madness, (laughs) if it was typing the notes during it. But I actually kind of like it now. We'll see what this viewing does to me. But it's not a good movie. Okay. It is not a good movie. I will stand on that hill, despite what my Twitter is saying, that it was robbed every award under the sun. Mm-hmm. I agree on some points. Other points, I just think it's up its own ass the whole time. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, just a, a casual reminder, Sinister Six, Sinister Selection is where Dan and I pick some bad, good movies, force mm-hmm. each other to watch, just so you know the basic premise. Tonight, of course, it's Babylon with Drawing Boards, Hollywood Sign Edition. Oh, okay. Uh, Hollywood Access News. You ever watch E? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, now that I look closer at him, he does look very sad on the inside. Oh. Like, I, I think that there's glitz and glamour, but that there's a lot underneath what that. What does that, that fame cost, Dan? Yeah, I, I don't the know how... The veneer is smeared. He doesn't seem long of this world no, again. No, so. a very tragic hero there. But when he was there, boy, did boy. he live. <laughs> like that Titanic flashback at the ending. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's... <Yep. laughs> So welcome to Cringe Corner Extended Edition, Dan. Babylon is a 2022 American epic black comedy period drama film. All those genres. Ooh. Uh, written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who... <laughs> La La Land, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Which and I... I am not a fan was of. Was okay with, yeah. and you were not a fan of. No, nope. yeah. it made you cry, if I remember. We'll see if this film makes you yeah, cry in a different way. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, you might love it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, it was announced in July 2019 that Damien Chazelle had set his next project following First Man, 
2018 as a period drama set in the golden age of Hollywood. Uh, Lionsgate Films was the frontrunner to acquire the project after distributing Chazelle's La La Land in 2016, uh, with Emma Stone also having worked on La La Land and Brad Pitt in the mix to star. So Emma Stone, critical darling, mm-hmm. uh, was originally attached to this mu- movie, but uh, she went on to beautiful things. <laughs> I will say, Emma Stone does seem to have like an eye for what she picks to be in Which most is of good, the time. Which is good, good. She has um, a good agent, a critical eye. Uh, because I've like I've seen interviews with her, and I guess for years they've been trying to like get her into you know like MCU stuff or mm-hmm. movie like superhero, yeah. and she she oh every time is like no thank I'm, you I'm going to be yeah. selective like no like no As you I'm should be to, yeah with that level of stardom it's only progressed or higher you know yeah. she is an Academy Award winner now she does not disappoint no. she does not no. thanks to La La Land <laughs> but yeah yeah. The only thing that came out of that movie. Uh, Emma Stone dropped out of the production to be placed by another fan favorite of the podcast, Barbie herself, Margot Robbie, who has done no wrong and has saved many films for me. No, certainly. Margot yeah. Robbie might be one of my favorite modern yeah. actresses, aside from, yeah. of course, JHS, who yeah. we are bound to contractually, but mm-hmm. legitimately, Margot Robbie might be... And you're gonna be mad at this, like mad. someone I consider to be like the movie star of. This I love generation. her. No, I yeah, agree so. with that. I want to see a film where her and Tony Collette are playing like mother daughter sisters, whatever. I think that'd be great as like the two Aussies that are secretly Americans. Like she is consistently, I would say maybe like her, to some extent. In terms, I'm talking in terms of like box office movie stardom in the mm-hmm. classical sense. Yeah, like, yeah. Her, Chris Pratt, and Tom Cruise are like mm. consistently. Yeah. Personal lives aside, I don't want to hear them in the same sentence. Are like yeah. are like you know, it seems like whatever they're put in, it yeah. does okay. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, but you'll be the judge, Dan. Is this a blessing or a curse for Miss Robbie? Ah. Uh, hmm. Eh. I mean, it's been kind of scrubbed, so she might save it. Yeah. I, I mean, with Barbie coming up, no one's gonna remember no, <laughs> Babylon. No, let me no. tell you. Uh, but filming for this film was originally set to take place in California in mid-2020, but I don't know if you're aware something happened during that time. Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, the Backstreet Boys concert. (laughs) Yeah, Rise of Skywalker came out. Yeah, of course. But no, it was the COVID-19 pandemic, Dan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, some may say that might have saved us (laughs) from seeing this in theaters. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It was a sign from God. But filming began on July 1st, 2021, and wrapped on October 21st, 2021. So it was a bit of a long shoot. Uh, Don't know if this shows or if it's obvious. Parts feel rushed of this film, but also some parts are beautiful. But also the film is three plus hours long. Yeah, so I would have trouble saying it's rushed, but I'll look for what you're talking about as we go. Uh, Justin Hurwitz, a frequent collaborator of Chazelle, composed the film's score. And I will say that there are some sequences that are musically wonderful. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm always paying attention to the score as a Broadway baby. I love to hear things. There's no uh, musical numbers, like, direct sung out to the camera, Mm -hmm. but the scoring is beautiful nonetheless. And I did like some of his themes in La La Land. I just had to admit that City of Stars was very, very, very repetitive throughout that score. Okay. Yeah, just bringing that, whatever. But uh, much less relative than La La Land. Uh, Sorry, I'm comparing them. It just feels like the same. And, like, since La La Land, it's omnipresent that... Well, these big Hollywood tribute movies feel the same. I think you have to. Yeah. I think you. I think that comparison will be, is, you know, is kind of due. And I think we've been over this on our previous podcast. Yes, yes. That How I, Dan doesn't like old Hollywood movies. Well, I yeah, I like movies from old Hollywood, but I don't like the the, 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 the seeing behind the scenes. 
Yeah, like, again... That bothers you. I was almost positive that the Fablemans was going to fucking sweep at the last Oscars, mm-hmm. because it's like... <laughs> Like, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, Michelle, uh, what's her last name? Oh my god, I can't ever remember. Williams? <laughs> Williams with her hands in Fosse. Oh, you know, great, uh, great show. Uh, telling your yeah. own life story yeah. in a magical sepia filter. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this is gonna fucking, because they love the Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But it didn't, which it was didn't, odd. It didn't. You know, everything everywhere all at once swept. Yeah. Which Good. is a, a trend for the new that mm-hmm. I like, that I enjoyed. Um, so out with the old, in with the new, and that's kind of like this movie, too. So, <laughs> if anything, they should have expected to lose. Yes. Um, but uh, we can talk about the Hollywood system, sacrificing your art for profit, which we haven't done on the podcast, but I'm sure it's soon to follow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, getting into deep and morality, you know? Mm-hmm. I love a moral piece. I love when we have an everyman at the center of this, who comes from nothing and goes to something, and then becomes something that they don't want to be. I love that lesson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been around since the dawn of time, but it happens. Of course. It's good to watch. Uh, Here we get into the dark, the dark truth of Babylon. Mm -hmm. The film had a combined promotion and production budget of $160 million, Dan. Yeesh. It's a lot of money. (laughs) Now, we're going to play a little game. How much do you think it grossed? (laughs) I'll wager half that? No. Less than half? Mm-hmm. A quarter? In America? <laughs> Ooh. It did so, not do well, Dad, at the box so office. So, like, I'm bad at math, but, like... Yeah, I'm also bad at math, but... Like, 20 million? Even less than that in America, dear. 15? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so Babylon grossed 15.4 million in the United States and Canada, and 48 million in other territories, with a worldwide total of 63.4 million. So out of 160 over 63, that's not that good. <laughs> okay, so it, it it cost 160, only made back 64. Yeah. Okay, that, that's that's truly a bomb then. Mm-hmm. That is the definition of it then. Yeah. So it is a flop in that regard, but I have to remind you, Dan, that some of our favorites, they are flops. They are, yeah. So you'll be the judge. Well, yeah, especially in this recent era, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, critics were just as mixed as I guarantee that we're going to be. On the review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, Babylon holds an approval rating of 56%. Okay. Percent based on critical and 348 reviews, uh, with an average rating of 6.4 out of 10. So it's very middling. Mm-hmm. People love it. People hate it, as I'll say throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the site's current critic consensus reads, Babylon's overwhelming muchness is exhausting. Uh, but much like the industry it honors, it's well-acted, well-crafted glitz and glamour can often be an effective distraction. Okay, it sounds mm-hmm. like you wrote that. Yep. <laughs> uh, David Rooney described it as a syncopated concentration of hedonistic revelry, which okay. I want on my tombstone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, praising the cast performances, scores, cinematography, costume, and production design, but criticizing the screenplay and direction, ultimately concluding, it's hard to imagine the overstuffed yet insubstantial Babylon finding its way into many screen classic montages. Uh, Conversely, Pete Hammond of Deadline wrote that it is guaranteed to be a movie that will stay in your head, commending the direction, production design, and cast performances. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, describing it as a nauseous, high-calorie sugar rush of a movie that not only wants you to have its cake, but eat it too, and also puke it up and smear it around and cram it in the viewer's face. Okay, yeah. So, all that is going on in his review for The Ringer. Adam Naiman uh, saw the film as a delib- deliberately designed career killer for Chazelle. Kind of harsh tie <laughs> that's going on there. 
Alright, well, to talk about Chazelle, if, if yeah. we may for a moment. <laughs> yeah, why not? He goes from La La Land, which obviously was, was like, I guess it caught on with a lot of... It was the critical darling. Yeah, like, yeah. at the very least, I don't know, I don't know how I remember it's... the trailers, I was intrigued that it was a musical, yeah. like an old-fashioned musical starring uh, You're a Baby Ryan Reynolds. Famously, the first episode of Nightcaps at the Theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we that's why right, you guys did do that. So, you know, I talked about La La Land quite a bit in my past. Look that up, audience. So then he went from that to First Man, mm-hmm. which was famously... I've never seen. I, I didn't see it either, yeah. but it was famously, like, contra... Like, it was caught up in a huge controversy where someone spread the rumor that the American flag wouldn't appear in it. Mm-hmm. So it was getting, like, shit-talked on all of these, like, you know like political mm-hmm. news places that they didn't show like and then they they did show the flag it was it was nothing but it was like someone in production said that oh this was a human achievement not yeah. america and then that that's all it takes to start a huge fight mm-hmm. and then so that got you know kind of overshadowed and then to go into this mm-hmm. which is this feels like a like a Cleopatra type. Yeah. We're gonna spend a, a oh, shitload of money. It does, yeah. And we're getting like a, new Cleopatra soon. We are. We'll, we'll be there. We'll but, be, we will be there. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, fucking Death on the Nile foreshadowed yeah. that. But then it's like you know, yeah. go from like critical acclaim to to you know good, but maybe slight controversy, and then into full blown divisive mm-hmm. box office bomb mm-hmm. is is quite a. Yeah. Exciting couple of years, yeah. I guess. Uh, writing less enthusiastically about the film and variety, Peter Dunne de Bruges uh, stated that Babylon presents itself as an apothesis of all that has come before, uh, the ne plus extra, nothing more beyond, of the medium's own potential. And indeed, it's an experience that won't be easily topped in this or any year. <laughs> so, well, I, we'll see. Yeah. But that doesn't even make it great, or as I wrote, coherent. It's like how I speak after a few whiskeys, which I'll be drinking heavily during this movie <laughs> because I deserve it. <laughs> but the, um, I and Dan will to... be sober as a church mouse, left to do it all. Am I gonna have to talk people through Babylon? <laughs> yes, I wrote detailed notes. You're ready, Dan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've trained you for this. Okay, uh, it all leads to this. More <laughs> reviews. Richard Brody of the New Yorker praised Giselle's storytelling and characters, but criticized other aspects of his screenplay, ultimately concluding, artistically, what Babylon adds to the classic Hollywood that it celebrates is sex and nudity, drugs and violence, a more diverse cast, and a batch of kitchen sink chaos that replaces the whys and wherefores of coherent thought with the exhortation to buy a ticket, cast one eyes up to the screen, and worship the dark. (laughs) Okay. Like, these are some reviews, huh? We haven't heard these in a while. Not since Vampire Hunter D. You know these these people. You know they were like changed by this experience. It sounds like I I don't I I just don't know. Yeah, this one, John Muldridge of the Catholic Review. You know I've got to trust the Catholic Review mm-hmm. over the Protestant prattler or whatever you guys call yeah, no, it. That, you got the name right. That's yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Uh, says along the way, Robbie effervesces, pit charms and calvus smolders and endures. Yet Chazelle's Chazelle's dis- depiction of Tinseltown's behind-the-scenes decadence takes needless explicitness to the point of obscenity. So even if the Catholics are mad about it... Is, it, gonna, is it really gonna be explicit It's obscenity? not. It's not. Because it, I, I, I got a feeling it's, it's gonna not. be like... It's really... We've seen far worse. Because I know with these older critics, it's like she's shaking her rear end all over... Like, and I'm like, oh, all right, there so are that's points, explicit. There are points when it verges on a little grody and gross, but, like, it's not anything we haven't seen before. Yeah, it's then. not showgirls, I would assume. Yeah, you know we've seen showgirls, so yeah. that's kind of the pinnacle, and even that, we found a joy. Yeah. 
<laughs> we were forever changed by that. Coming to 4K soon. We might need to give that a rewatch. We easily <laughs> done. Good movie podcast. Easily done. See yeah. it through a different uh, lens. But uh, uh, repeatedly referencing Singing in the Rain, which unfolds in the same place in time. We're going to get on that. One of our fan favorites that brought us together loving movies, Singing in the mm-hmm. Rain is basically the plot of this movie, and then they reference the actual movie that's made in the end of this film. That's what I heard. I did hear about that, so yeah. yeah. Uh, But comparisons with that beloved classic only highlight the ugliness of his own portrayal of human debasement. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Awards! Nominated for many, mostly cinematography, which I agree, this is a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. It looks good. Uh, Costume design, which is great when you're dealing with any period piece. They've got the showmanship. They've got, like, the old Hollywood style there. It looks wonderful. Uh, production design, also that. The sets look great. Spear helded by Florencia Martin and Anthony Carlino. And the score. Mm-hmm. So those were the things it was nominated for. Not Best Picture. <laughs> Not no. any of the acting categories. Despite some of the acting portrayals on this being great. Even okay. making yeah. it to my TikTok. Having shared with you in the past. Yes. Um, but winning in those categories in a range of Film Critics Association and Society Awards. But as for the big Academy Awards noms for Best Costume, uh, Design, Best Production Design, and Best Original Score, it lost all three. So it didn't win any of the, the big ones. Okay. Just a few of the outliers there. Um, now we're going to get into the cast, which is big. Mm-hmm. And something that I like about this film is that these characters are vaguely, like, composites, hybrids of old Hollywood stars. Like archetypes. Yes. Like icons. Yeah. But at the same time, those old Hollywood stars exist in this universe. Which is always confusing. So it's very anime at that. So topical that we put that there. That's true. Like, that's not Cary Grant. That's Gary Kant. (laughs) That's true. Okay, I'll give it points for that then, if that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we begin with Jack Conrad, played by Brad Pitt. He's inspired by Douglas Fairbanks, who you'll know, uh, John Gilbert, <laughs> Rudolph Valentino, and Clark Gable. Yes. The classic Hollywood leading man. Nellie Leroy, Margot Robbie, uh, Clara Bow, Mabel Normand, Joan Crawford, Jean Eagles, and Alma Rubens. Manny, Torme- Manny Torres, uh, Diego Calva, uh, Rene Cardona, director Dudley Murphy, actor Ramon Navarro, cinematographer Enrique Juan Vallejo, and sound engineers Joselito Rodriguez and Roberto Rodriguez. So we're going to see how taking these characters and melding together the lives of these other real people mm-hmm. is going to affect it. Are they going to feel real to you, or are they going to be like, this is too much to believe? Well, okay, the so, then, so then I'm assuming then the setup is, in, in terms of anime-esque, is like... The rest of Hollywood as we know it is still happening, but mm-hmm. this unknown story yes, was happening yes, behind the yes, scenes. That exactly. We... All right. As uh. I steeple my fingers and wait for what's to come. And say, excellent. And here's a name inspiring me and many drag queens across the country, if I've ever heard one. Eleanor St. John, okay. played by Jean Smart. Okay. We love. Uh, screenwriter Eleanor Glynn, journalist Adela Rogers, St. John's, and gossip columnist Luella Parsons. Uh, Lady Feiju, played by Lee Jun Lee, actress uh, Anime Wong, screenwriter Francis Marion, and choreographer Marion Morgan. We get Sydney Palmer, who's played by Jovan Avdepo, uh, jazz musicians Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Ethel Waters, Bessie Smith, Curtis Mosby, uh, Les Hite. I see him with the trumpet on the. <laughs> Sonny Clay and Sydney Easton. Uh, James McKay, who is Toby Maguire, Mafia boss Jack Dragna. Mm-hmm. So you get a, a Spider-Man in this movie. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ruth Alder, Olivia Hamilton. Uh, director is Dorothy Arzner. 
uh, Alice Guy and Louis Weber, uh, Louise Weber, Otto von Strasberg, we got a Spike Jonesy cameo. Directors F.W. Mornau, Fritz Lang, Enric von Stroheim, Joseph von Sternberg, and Ernst Lubschitz. Okay. Uh, Constance Moore, Samara Weaving, another Scream Queen Australian no, in this film. No, I love Samara Weaving. Yeah, she, good, good she's, she's great here. in this too. Yeah. Like, she's got a very small role. She's a, a blinkity missy, but she got out when the getting was good mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to act it against Margot Robbie and have a good time. But uh, she's actresses Colleen Moore, Norma Talmadge, Gloria Swanson, and Mary Pickford. The real Constant Moore's career didn't start until the late 1930s. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a little blend of like time period and characters going on. Estelle, Catherine Watterson as actress Ina Clare, Don Wallach, Jeff Garland, uh, studio executive Louis B. Mayer, Orville Pickwick, Troy McClough, uh, comedian Roscoe Fatty Artbuckle, and Jane Thornton as Phoebe Tonkin, actress Virginia Rapp. We got a Fatty Arbuckle parallel in there? We do. You won't see him, though. He'll yeah. be barely there. That's why he's at the end of the cast list, you see. Well, there's been like a... This is a side note I'm using to cope, but yeah. there's, been, there's been lots of attempts to get a Fatty Arbuckle movie <laughs> off the ground. And every Wasn't act... he like an abuser or something? No, 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 no. Oh, he okay. was accused of being oh, an abuser. That's right. And yeah. it was the first... That's right, of like the date rape or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and it was like... It was uh, the first big Hollywood scandal mm-hmm. that he... Uh, like, but he, he really didn't... He, I could do like it. proven that he didn't do anything. I could anything. do it in Hollywood. But Here, every actor me. attached to star in that Fatty Arbuckle movie... <laughs> has like met some terrible misfortune yeah so cursed yeah i I love a curse send it to me i wish the best for whoever portrays him here Mm -hmm. but eh. well if we could speed the podcast into existence that's the way i go (laughs) yeah no i'm discovered like tap dancing at the mall (laughs) you're like that boy would be perfect (laughs) that man (laughs) that almost 40 year old man now now that we've willed it into existence so yeah 30's the new 40 dan so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm almost 40 uh, and the cast is obviously stacked and shine at particular moments, yet, intentional or not, they do not feel real at times, as mm-hmm. I mentioned in my notes. Uh, it's hard to explain, but could be all part of what they were going for at the same place. Like, it's kind of a, a veneer is cracking away at the surface of Hollywood, mm-hmm. and these are, like, the heroes of the pantheon of Hollywood that we lost along the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot... It's something that's very common in Chazelle's movies is the white characters stand out and the non-white characters get nothing to do and no plot line. And it's very, even though they're the most interesting characters, they get nothing. Okay, yeah. Because they get the scraps at the table. Because the way that the trailers would, again, because I've only ever seen the trailers for this movie. The way that the trailers make it set up is that, like, you know, obviously Brad Pitt is like an overarching presence and then Margot Robbie is a big deal in there. But it, the trailers make it look like Diego Calva's the protagonist. He is. He is. That's okay. fine. But even then, the other two um, do not stand out. Okay. Yeah. It, it's mainly just the white characters controlling the scenes. And I don't like that. I didn't like that in La La Land where, um, you know, uh, Sebastian's plot was white people reclaiming jazz. Mm-hmm. I did not think that was good. No, of course not. <laughs> but yeah. 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 Um, but it's a love letter to old Hollywood, which I love. I love old Hollywood. There's going to be a lot of them coming to a certain other adjacent podcast branch. Of course. Just so you know how much I care about them. Uh, but there is something bubbling below the surface here, be it good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, as always. So Drawing Board Coon, thank you for your job well done. You can go back into sleep. You deserve a rest. And lay well, off the blow. 
Yeah, no, he's not. He's <laughs> got to get you to rehab somehow. In the time it's taken to to summarize, he is he is not looking good anymore. Haggard, pale, he's got bags under his eye. Yeah, eye, I eye, guess. one eye, <laughs> yeah. the all-seeing eye of drawing board goo. <laughs> um, so why, Dan? The last thing I'll ask you before your initial thoughts, and we finally watch this movie. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, this is a divisive film as there ever was. It's okay if you love it, hate it, or somewhere in between with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge you based on it. Because as I've said before, my experiences with this film have changed. Slightly. I still think it deserves a part in Sinister Six. Yes. So, deep at its heart, I don't think it's a good movie. Of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, many mixed emotions in me. There are only truly... There are a few truly standout sequences in this film, as I told you. Like, when I first watched it, I don't know if you remember that conversation. I was like, I just watched Babylon. Three moments stood out to me as, like, the best I've seen. Mm-hmm. And the rest of, like, the three hours of that movie dragged it back down again. I do recall that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is love here, but it's also a bloated pile of ele- elephant shit, literally and poetically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, three or four sequences are part of a way better movie, but the rest linger far too long. Are you actually intended to like anyone in this film? That's one of my main questions. Can we root for any of the heroes here? I will keep that in mind. Yeah, and I hope this viewing can clear up my own thoughts as well as hearing from Dan. You know, your opinion is always valid and welcome. Mm -hmm. Have me reconsider film. Uh, No judgment, even if you cry, just like you did during La La Land. Yes. Yep, and never forget that. He's a big baby who cried during La La Land. A boo-hoo, yeah. Uh, The boo-hoo dragon The boo-hoo dragon of of Hyrule. Um... So, is that my, my preview? That's it! Expect- I'm done, Dan! Okay. What are you ready to expect? So, the type of thing, for better or worse, that enters my mind immediately is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, which was, I loved it. I did yeah. too. Saw it live in the theaters, thought it was one of Tarantino's best modern movies. I did not see it in theaters, and mm-hmm. I didn't watch it for a stretch after it was out, like, you know, on, on physical media or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, because... From from a distance, the subject matter didn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not into, like, the old Hollywood stuff. I'm not, yeah. you know. But then when I finally sat down and watched it, I was like, oh, no, this is what I would want in, like, a love letter to that portion of Hollywood. Yeah. Like, it was about, like, the, the you know, quite literally, like, the, the lesser-known underdogs of that era. Mm-hmm. And it portrayed that era, like, suitably seedily kind of and you of. had like enough action at the end that it like skewed the timeline that it was interesting yeah, it, and wonderful it, it, yeah. they were they were kind of likable characters in there yet again a little bit too white for me but so like what are we going to do that movie comes to mind as does the great gatsby oh which is a jonathan favorite but a bad movie um i rewatched that recently right after this and i yeah. like great gatsby better and like that's what i'm i'm expecting going yeah. like i'm expecting the boslerman like Boz won't save you here, Dan. Like nightmarish architecture, it's, it's there. streamers, yeah. booze, it's champagne. Not as, it's not as campy though. There are a few camp scenes, but afterglow. Someone's taken something too seriously here. Yeah. So that's th- those are the two movies that are most prominent in my head going into this. Yeah. I don't know what mix of them I'm going to get, mm-hmm. but I'm interested to see where this goes because you have uh, you've been hyping this. In your own way yeah. for quite some time. Oh, and I'm so happy it's my second sinister selection. I can only... I don't know how I'm going to outdo myself with a third. This so... is my Wonder Woman, 1984. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm I'm very curious to see what this has in store. So. All right, Dan, without further ado, you've got a long three hours and six minutes ahead of you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I hope you prepared yourself. I hope you're emotionally fortified. But we got those chalupas over there, so yeah. They won't last nearly as long. They'll be fading just like Hollywood's old glamour, I assure you. Oh, I just got a text drawing board Kuhn OD'd. Oh. Well, he's in a better place now. <laughs> Well, here we are, once again, audience, back with Sinister Six. We just watched Babylon, and Dan, what did you think? Um, I hurt. Uh, that was one of the worst experiences of my life, and that's saying something, so you... I've won. Have won. <laughs> I uh, did it. Sinister Six for the foreseeable oh, future. The crown I... passes to me. I did it. I don't have anything. I mean, say what you will about Incredible Melting Man. That that movie wore its heart on its sleeve. It wow. was genuine. It yeah. was it was you know it was trying to be. It came something. from humble beginnings. Um, but yeah, I don't have. You know, I came into this episode today, and the way that you were hyping it up, I was like, I'm gonna need something for mutually assured destruction. But I don't have anything on this tier. I do. I have fun things. I won. I have like casual, you know. Game Boy Color Tetris compared to, to this Doom mod that that went on here today. I hated this movie. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm so happy because I, I kind of like this movie. Yeah, I... I... Oh, we're it's going to be so fun. To, that. No, we're, we're going to have to unpack it. Yeah, we're yeah. going to have to. It's going to be like a three-hour episode. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, we're both off tomorrow. It's okay. So, but, but Dan, like, no redeemable qualities in this film so far? Like, from the initial, like, initial thing, like, is there anything good about it? Okay, well, okay, so if yeah. we want to, if we want to, you know, you want my, my first impressions, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that the, there was a point where you said that we were at the halfway mark, like, you, Ooh. you, you delineated it at yeah. the halfway which is what you told me during Wonder Woman, mind yeah. you, and... I would say that up until that point, I was okay with it as a movie. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is like, uh, like schmaltzy, but I'm not, you know, I'm not hating it. Like, I, I, for, for context sake, because I always forget to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Um, I once saw a movie in theaters called Hail Caesar. Mm -hmm. I oh, I, I know I, it. I'm I, aware. I took someone to see it on a date and it was like, there was nothing else playing that was like a good <laughs> date movie. But and, Hail Caesar. But Hail Caesar, and that was one of the worst movies of I've ever seen. Like I have never hated a motion Ooh, picture. Mark Cibro Jr. loves point. Hail Caesar. Well, we're going to have to butt heads on that one yeah. if you ever bring him, oh. and we do Hail Caesar because I hate Hail Caesar on yeah. a deep and profound level. <laughs> um, and for the first half of this movie, I was like, okay, this feels like a better version. Of Hail Caesar. Like, I could see this going in a direction where Nellie's going to get herself into trouble, and it's going to be like Hail Caesar, but much less insufferable. Mm -hmm. And it's like around that halfway point, and we can debate the the, the metaphysics of this here, mm. but there's like it it feels like someone else had to take over the movie. Mm. Like uh like someone who wanted to be like a Judd Apatow 
took over the movie and made a second movie and then it just it just ends and like the this movie is so long yeah I have aged a lifetime watching this movie. <laughs> oh, Wonder it Woman wasn't so as long, long enough, huh? Yeah, we're going to fight about this. And it it was just so long. Yeah. And, and you, you sit there and it's like one movie's worth of storylines is occurring for each character. And it's like these are three separate movies, more or less. And the only one that was interesting, the Sydney one, gets shafted. Yeah. In exchange for nothing, and then it and then it, it and then it just ends. It's like one movie, and then a second, worse, much worse movie, mm-hmm. and then it and then it stops. And it's like we're gonna get to the ending. The ending is another monster in and of itself that mm-hmm. that really set this in stone. Yeah. Um. But specifically, specifically, the point where it lost any chance of redemption in my eyes was like, okay, this is I'm feeling it. We're, we're, we're watching this. It's going on a little long. But when we reach that the ghosts will dine again speech, oh, I'm like, I you didn't hate love this that? movie. That's a speech I would give you. This is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Worse than cats? Worse than cats. <gasps> and I'm like, I hate this. Wow. And I'm like, I let oh. it be known that like that was the moment where it was like, there's no coming back from this. Well, now I know how to get you, so. And it's like. And then it just kind of... I'm so happy, I won! It enters the death spiral from that point on. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that that was... I'm I'm big mad. Nothing redeemable? Initially? Margot Robbie's performance okay. is, is one of them. And I want to say other people's performances, but no one gets to do anything. Mm. The, the protagonist doesn't really get to do anything. He's just, like, a piece that's moving around Margot Robbie, which is like, okay, mm. if it's her movie, and she has... But she doesn't have the agency, because yeah. the second half of the movie, she barely takes any action. Yeah. After her her party freakout, she stops being a character. Mm-hmm. And, She's on drugs, And you, Dan. you, with your monocle on your on your ivory tower, uh, will be like, well, that's the point, Dan. Hollywood starlets yeah. are off and blah, 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 blah. I'll get to that. And then, and then you're... But... But it, Listen, don't take nothing. it out on me just because I chose <laughs> the worst movie, you. yeah. You know, you gotta step up your pussy, Dan. That's all I, I gotta take say. Take it out on you. Yeah. Uh, say, as we would say in this movie. But no, it was just a very, very bizarre... Because again, if it was, like, for the first half of the movie, I'm like, this doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. But then it's like, the for me, the length and the, like, the content of that second half of the movie completely... Like, they're like cinder blocks attached to its legs, mm-hmm. and it just goes down. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. I don't know. it Because it, it feels like... I can feel how this was, like, a passion project, but mm-hmm. it's just, like... It, like, I don't even want to give it credit for being too indulgent. It just kind of, like, tries to do too many things in that second half. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm not going to deny you. You're okay to hate it, as I but, said. But back to the Hail Caesar comparison. <laughs> yes. Hail Caesar, I hate that movie, but it was like the stupid pro Hollywood hijinks that happened in that I'm movie. I'm going to have all, to get you and Mark Zebo Jr. on the same podcast. They and loosely me in the middle. convene at the end. Like, there's like George Clooney's character gets kidnapped by like mafia people because of, I think, gambling debts or something. And then he's kidnapped in costume and they got to film the big scene for Hail Caesar. Mm-hmm. And then it just so happens that the, the one 
I think stagehand, whatever main character guy, manages to pull everything together with all of the different skills. Like, Scarlett Johansson was doing something, and then Cowboy Man, who played Han Solo, is there, and he is... is they all, like, the skills come together at the end to do something to save the day. Mm. And nothing like that happens in this movie. Yeah. This movie does the opposite, which yeah. makes it a little annoying, mm. I think. Yeah. Because mm. well, I want things to have a point. I want things to, like... <sighs> but there isn't one, so... You won't find one here, Dan. No. But no. I'm happy you shared your opinion. Mm -hmm. Please feel free to share it throughout. Of course. I mean, I'm glad I tortured you, but at the same time, my heart, it hurts. <laughs> Having done this much pain to you. Well, okay. I, I don't think you'll ever get me back. Before you get... Yeah. No, I doubt it. But yeah. before we get into the whole thing... Okay. Mm. I One movie I love is A Knight's Tale. Yeah. I love that movie. Okay. Modern music in, like, a... Anachronistic, yeah. Anachronistic. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they just do that in this movie? They They were verging on it. I agree. I think they could have. No, but that's the that's the the bothersome th is that they were verging on it. the The music doesn't sound like it, it comes from that era. Like especially again near the end, the way that the beats play out, it feels like modern music, but mm -hmm. it's not. It's not a song that you recognize. It's not anything. It's just like this kind of sound. Because even like in, in one of the ending scenes, it starts playing like a like a jazz version. Of what sounds like some kind—I I forget which one—but like a like a two thousands romance song, mm. and uh, but it's not quite that. It's like a few more ticks, and it would it would hit that. But mm. it's like, why not just use a modern soundtrack mixed with like jazzy yeah. underpinnings yeah. to represent that these people are like out of their time or mm -hmm. something? Well, I don't know, Dan. Have you ever made a movie? I've never made a movie. Well, then. <laughs> Maybe. And now I don't want to, really. Yeah. So, yeah. You don't want to make a film? I don't want to make a film anymore. <laughs> so, Dan didn't like this no. <laughs> initially. That's fine, but shall we get into the plot recap? Yes. So our audience might understand what's going on a bit more? Yes. All right, so we welcome into the sinister, not scant synopsis. This mm -hmm. is anything but scant. Mm -hmm. It is full and chock full of plot details. Bel Air, California, 1926. A Mexican immigrant by the name of Manny Torres, played by Diego Calva, is trying to get an elephant to an hedonistic house party, as one does, Stan. Yes. And any thoughts on this initial scene? The elephant shitting. I just don't care. Oh. I, well, oh. By the time... Oh. <laughs> by the time... Like, no, like, it's a standout opening scene, but but the movie's so long, like, I don't even... You don't I, remember? I, I do don't you? even remember most of the openings. Yikes. So it, <laughs> Like, it's, oh. it's like, yeah, it's a wacky, zany scene with an elephant, and it just, it can't do anything for me at this point, so. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Damien Chazelle detailed the casting of Diego Calva as the lead as a rigorous two-year process. He sifted through hundreds of thousands of headshots before stumbling on, upon Calva's. Uh, he said he was sold on his eyes and overall look, and wanted a lead that didn't come with emotional baggage for the audience to connect to. This wanted a lead that didn't... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, and Zoom auditions. Uh, he, he, like... Got oh, Zoom auditions? Okay. He yeah. got it through Zoom auditions, resulting oh. in Calva getting the leading role. Um, so, anything else to say about that? Do you like him? I like him. Yeah. Good actor, yeah. yeah. But I... Unfortunate that this was his first film? Unfo yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that he could have handled this film by himself. Mm -hmm. And if he was not, like, the cog to the... 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 
I, I'm even struggling to remember her name. I want to say Nellie Fitzroy, but that's uh, not what her name is. No. It, what is it? Ellie... Ellie Mc, Ellie Larue Ellie Nelly Leroy Nelly Leroy yep. is like if he wasn't a cog to that point. <laughs> you had me think, did you, on my my drunken stupor while recording? Uh, but it's Nelly Leroy, and I got you because so it means the king in French. It does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I he was a fine actor. I mm. I think he again, if the spotlight had solely focused on him, I think he could have carried it. So oh, interesting. Uh, we get that's not a fucking horse with like this fat guy coming out of the car. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you want a big horse? No, I want an elephant. What's an elephant? Oh my fucking god! Uh, they're bringing the the elephant to a crazy Hollywood party. Mm. Yep, and then bribing everyone who's there <laughs> while yawning already. Not even five minutes <laughs> it's in. What do you want me to do? Interesting. I, you gotta I stay awake, Dan. I gotta kind of slap myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he's bringing this elephant to this cool party from a director. And uh, elephant hijinks ensue, paying him off, and then the elephant shits. Yeah, in our first well, opening moment, because they're trying to get the elephant up, like because I, I, it's like the Hollywood Hills area, so they're trying to get it up like this steep incline. The elephant's panicking and it poops. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, on one of the guys, and that's the movie. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, yeah. Uh, the party is at Kinescope Studios executive Don Wallach's mansion. Um, real Hollywood celebs plus fake Hollywood celebs are also attending. They mm-hmm. ask about Garbo being there, and she's there. Mm-hmm. And then the fake celebs are also there too, so we don't really see them. Yeah, and again, there's like there's like cute little moments. Like there's like a cop who stops the elephant truck, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to a party up at up at like Wallace's house or whatever." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, like my family loves Hollywood. Can we?" And so then he pulls up to the party with, like, this retinue of just random people, sitcom, like, yeah. uh, not, not sitcom, uh, suburb people who mm-hmm. just followed him along to the party because he can get them in, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the Home is an actual great opening sequence, in my opinion, full of urination, nudity, cocaine, and fun, jazzy score. Yes. It was shown in all the trailers, by the way. Yeah. In case you didn't know. Yeah, it was most of the trailers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the excess of all. We might find a few of our main characters here. Nelly Leroy, played by Margot Robbie, a crass up-and-coming actress from New Jersey. Eleanor St. John, Jean Smart, an old-school Jonathan Gossip columnist. Sidney Palmer, uh, Joven Adepo, a jazz magician looking for his big time. And Jack Conrad, Brad Pitt, a silent film star who is a womanizer, drunk and going through his own shit. Mm-hmm. Private stuff made very public throughout mm-hmm. the entire film, a la Hollywood. Uh, man doesn't want to be in the service industry, as we learn. Mm-hmm. Um, he longs for a job in Hollywood. Crashing into the scene, literally, is Nelly Leroy, who gets her... You know, intro moment, crashing into a statue, going like, who the fuck put that there? Yeah. And we immediately like Nellie Roy. I like her. She's I from like, New Jersey, yeah. a New Jersey icon. We have to support in her. In this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she smooshes her way into the party, meeting Manny, and the connection between the pair is well, legitimate. Manny, I like them. Manny gets her, what, yeah. her into the party because yeah. he's like, oh, like Miss Miss Leroy, I I can't believe it. Oh, you, you have to come around the back for the, the, yeah. the celebrity entrance. I put down, this like, is how we met. Uh, yeah, it, it is it is party, yeah. yeah uh but nelly's a star even though she hasn't been anything yet she considers herself a star so we got the classic like person from the the boonies wanted to be a of star. new jersey yes yeah <laughs> yep. wants uh, to be a star <laughs> uh they go on into the basement and fo- bond over their bigger dreams better something important and uh lots of cocaine 
Well, yeah, the the studio executive who owns the mansion has, like, a drug armory. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like a room with suits of armor in it, and then just every drug imaginable. I think, like, coke and methadone and Mm -hmm. other 1920s substances. Like, just all in giant, uh, like, serving dishes, Mm. so... Uh, we get the warped Nicole Kidman AMC ad as they're all like, don't you love movies? Yeah. I love movies. I used to love movies. Yeah. yeah. Until this movie, right? Until this movie, yeah. Well, I did that to you, so remember And that. I'll never undo it. Yeah, yeah remember <laughs> so. that, Dan. Uh, Jack Conrad is breaking up with his wife, pretending to speak Italian, and I'll say it again, Brad Pitt, he fits in this movie. He does. No, he does. He does a very good job. Yeah. But we'll... If I have any problem with Brad Pitt's character, we'll just get to that at the end. Because, okay. again, I think he does a very strong showing for the first half of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's when we're actually getting plot from him. Yeah. Uh, that Like, that's... Yeah, but we'll get to that. Uh, flirting with a waitress, Jen. Uh, Jack is a smooth talker. Jack has to take George Dunn off... Talk George Dunn off the lens, who is, like, his best friend, who got him into this business, who's mm-hmm. crying in the car. Like, oh, a woman in there likes you. You should yeah. forget, like, breaking yeah. up with that other girl. And we got to remember George, because George is, like, a, you know, yeah. spiritual, like, anchor for mm-hmm. Jack. And he gave him his start in filmmaking. Yes. Uh, also at the party, the androgynous Lady Fei Zhu, uh, played by Li Jun Lu, blends Anime Wong, Dietrich, and Pussy into a fun little number. She does. Yeah. We get this fun opening number where it's like, I love my girl, my girl, I love to pet her, Pussy. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't like that. I like you haven't f- seen any uh, Marlena Dietrich films. I before? liked it just fine, but it <laughs> feels like it was three days ago. That's oh. the issue here. Yeah. Like I, I again, good performance, but just just so darn long. Yeah, yeah, I said don't get used to her. She's severely underutilized in this film, as are all she the is. non-white leads. She is. Yeah, yeah, and I was right. Uh, trailer moment of Robbie getting lost in her dance, and this is what I dubbed the great sequence number one, mm-hmm. which was used on all the trailers. It's like this huge hedonistic dance sequence mm-hmm. where she's dancing full of like naked people, debauchery, whatever. People in masks, up. like animal masks. Yeah, keep it back. looks yeah. cool. It sounds cool. She's dancing. She's having a fun time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you agree? Was that a yeah. good scene? No, I because again, I'm assuming like this is what it was like. The film was kind of, like, sold on. So, yeah, I, I had no... Like, this was entertaining, mm. but the, but a plot it does not make. Ah. Upstairs, the young actress Jane Thornton overdoses and is dragged out by the staff using an elephant as a distraction, uh, which is Manny's idea. He's like, mm-hmm. why not use the elephant? Uh, in need of another actress the next day, the execs look... Um, and they find one Nellie Leroy dancing on a table, and they're like, yeah. she's gonna be the next big thing! Well, because she's getting so much attention at the party, they figure, like, just grab her and put her in that role. So. Yeah. Across the party, uh, demanding she go to set and lead the film shot in three hours. It's just as easy as that, Dan. That's how you're discovered in this mm-hmm. business. Uh, Nellie Sheer Joy and Jersey Gumption, more bonding with Mandy, always love her. Um, we get some highlights of the scene, like, I can be carried. <laughs> a chicken stole my coke, and a giant pogo stick dick. Yes. Stand out in this scene. And the uh, elephant is okay, I put way. down, what the fuck? An elephant? But the elephant is okay. I was worried something was gonna happen to it, but we see it sleeping <laughs> a hangover off the next yeah, morning. shot through the head, which I wouldn't doubt in this film. 
Oh, oh, okay. No, no, but that doesn't happen. No, I know. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. like, you would have figured it was... No, that's what I was worried was going to yeah. happen, but no, the elephant's fine. So. Uh, the party dies down, and Jack is too drunk to function, so Manny is taxed with driving him home. Uh, Jack knows that they have to change the way films are working. Um, they need to innovate. They need to inspire. While he's at his, like, bungalow mansion, mm-hmm. um, he's talking to Manny, and Manny sees a lifestyle that he would like to have. And again, I like these, th- like the start. Like of- the opening thirty. This is thirty-two yeah. minutes. We're getting there. Yeah. Again, it's n- the opening titles haven't dropped yet. I really like it though because because mm-hmm. Brad Pitt is the character who is he's literally like on he's standing on like his patio table mm-hmm. preaching about how Hollywood needs to innovate and ultimately his arc is going to lead him down where it's like mm-hmm. you know Hollywood does innovate and then it leaves him behind because he can't adapt. Yeah. I'm like oh, okay, that's interesting. And there's also the element of, like, he's falling over drunk being brought into the house, mm-hmm. but then when he feels like it, he can turn it off yeah. and then just act, put together yeah. a coherent speech. And yep. he does that multiple times throughout the movie, and you you think, like, okay, he's going to do that again, but maybe when he's had his downfall, like, he's not going to be able to, like, switch it like that. Like, something's mm-hmm. going to go wrong. No, he, he fits great in this role, I yeah. feel. Like, it's very, like, charmer kind yeah. of sort of role. He's had his past in Hollywood, and now he wants to continue it. Yeah. Um, so Jack invites Manny to set because he likes him. I like you. You're going to take me to set the next day. Mm-hmm. A la Dan. And here we are at the opening, 32 minutes in. Oh boy, is what I put down in my notes. And Babylon comes up for the first time. And Dan was like, uh-oh. Which does make sense. Listen, that first 32 minutes flies by. It does. Like, it's a good no. sequence. It, it does, and it does make sense, because now everyone, the seeds have been planted for them to be involved in, in Hollywood. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, the main characters get that, and I think Sydney gets, obviously, I think, noticed in some capacity at the party. We int- were introduced to Gossip Gertie, whatever the fuck yeah, her name Gossip is. Gossip Gertie. <laughs> from batman and then yeah. someone else so yeah uh then we see that everyone who isn't brad pitt is living a normal life trying to balance the hollywood lifestyle mm-hmm. we get feiju keeping a normal life at home also writes the titles or the subtitles for the movie uh, yeah being that they're all talkies well and that's like the big thing with with feiju's character is yeah, that she's she... trying to find work as a chinese american actress she is and, and if anything we see her kind of like script doctor yeah. like we like yep. we get the i think there's like lines that go through about how she kind of saves some of these silent movies mm-hmm. because she writes, writes funny dialogue you no know, she yeah she writes great dialogue for these silent movie mm-hmm. interstitial things mm-hmm. so but she's sending funds to her family i like her i wish she had more yeah she is like the unspoken hero of the piece for me i think like the movie should have been about her yeah well yeah a movie should have been about her <laughs> and a movie should have been about sydney or mm. a movie should have been about manny but there was no a movie here <laughs> <laughs> there was no a movie here <laughs> uh sydney is focusing on his craft uh nelly is living in poverty the chaos of a movie set so like she arrives on the movie set they're protesting outside and we get this chaotic and this is like my second favorite sequence of the movie i like back to back too i love it too because they're filming different movies on this outdoor hollywood set with all different directors and it's like being exposed to the films and drugs and everything at first and and do note that like this this kind of chaos and this and and this might be one of my favorite parts in the movie is like this outdoor see the beginning of the movie is not bad because it's like i i think before the studio system was firmly a thing and they had the big fancy studio buildings built it would usually take place in like the the california wilderness Mm -hmm. where it was just 25 different sets currently in in progress of making these movies Mm -hmm. like there's a little saloon set a little 
snowy street set with yeah. asbestos Kitchen raining set, down. Yeah, that they're cooking that starts the fire later. Yeah, there, there's like a you know medieval knights. There's mm-hmm. all this stuff all going on within like because it didn't matter because they were silent movies. So yeah. as long as nothing's picking up, you can do that. Yep. Um, but I like that. I like, in like, the little, the visual thing. Like, again, you see, like, the guy carting the bag of asbestos and then mm-hmm. dumping it on someone to be snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, like, all these, like, different costumed characters doing, um, Their like, job. interacting or yeah. getting drunk or smoking or fighting with each other. It, it was, it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nellie instantly is given drugs on set by The Count, who we'll meet later. Who I hate. Oh, you do? Okay. Very interesting. He ruins the... He. Uh, we'll get to that later, but He's he ruins the, the, the movie for me. the devil of the peace? Yeah, hmm, he ruins most of the movie for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, no tits. Uh, many directors making different films all at once. We get an Otto von Strasberg, a la Spike Jonesy, filming his Bible epic with real actors mm-hmm. that are throwing themselves at one another and actually killing themselves with a role mm-hmm. because he wants the perfect shot. Uh, and uh, Manny is tasked with corralling the extras, which he does with gumption and a gun. Uh, we get uh, Margot Robbie and Baby Jane makeup that mm-hmm. the director freaks out over because she's supposed to be like a Joan Crawford parallel. That was the reference. Mm-hmm. It's like Bet- Betty Davis and Baby Jane, which we've seen previously on a Sinister Six. Yes. Just so we know. And Eleanor comments on the action from afar. She's sitting on like her blanket talking to the actors uh, discussing with her her person that's taking the notes for her, her secretary. Like, trying to make it sound fancy. She's like, oh, yeah. this this once marshy meadow well, it transforms is. Like, it's like into a... Co- a Dan, yeah. I'm gonna have to say, it's a cool experience. Like, it, is. it would be fun to write about. Hey, I wasn't mad at this point. I don't point. know, you said this, this little thing that she's doing. No, well, no, because that was because you were out of the room for that. You were, oh. you were sampling some Taco Bell. Oh, interesting. So I was just, yeah, yeah. catching you up. But no, I wasn't mad yet. Yeah, um, <laughs> not yet. Um, and then we get the actual horror of violence of filming shows without a union. Yes. Because people actually died during this and they're just swept under the rug. No, and that's a really cool scene too, because it's yeah. like, you have like, oh, you think that this is part of the movie being yeah. filmed. But Night no, on Bald Mountain is playing and it's just like, oh, everyone's dying during there's like, it. There's like a mash unit with nurses who are like tending to all these people who have like axes and spears in them because mm-hmm. they, you know, because there was no safety regulations. Yeah. So. And then Jack, like mid-movie, is calling up Gloria Swanson going like, you should act in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you'd be good enough for Shakespeare, like Maybe a basic Shakespeare, but this would be fine yeah, for you. Yeah, he, like, charms her into, or, well, or deceives her, because he's we'll like, oh. we'll see Gloria Swanson someday down the line, I think. Like, we want a discovery. You might be a little too old, but if you think you can do it, then, you know, I'll talk to the student, and they get the actress who they wanted, so. Yeah. All of Strasbourg's cameras are broken. Manny has to ride to town uh, for another, being that the last one is rented out before the golden hour hits. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a tense scene. Did it you is. Did you enjoy that? I did enjoy like, that Manny scene. Like, going to go get the camera. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like a plot point. It was well, Like an episode of TV or something. It was well built up. It's like, yeah. okay, the director's crazy and he's losing his light, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then Nelly is tasked by a female director, Ruth Adler, to show more and more emotion. And I like this scene, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're, you're, I don't know about her, she's a new girl. What is she supposed to do? And then she can actually prove her chops on set when she's commanded to. She's like, do you need one tier, two tier, whatever. And she can do exactly what she is requested. And then something that I like is that uh, we get Constant Moore as the real star who is Samara Weaving. And we get Robbie and Weaving in the one film as Australians together at last. Yeah. 
well, Australians who were, who were often confused for one another yeah. at that point. So, yeah, yeah, it was funny. But then Nellie Leroy is like, oh, I can cry. Do you need one tier, two tier, whatever? Mm-hmm. I can give it to you. And she does. Like, and she, it pays off in the scene. And it, everyone's enamored by her. You did point out that it could have been Greta Gerwig. because that, like, really, that director could have yeah. been Greta Gerwig because it, it looks like her. It looks like her and it would have been, you know, it would have been like a meta thing. But yeah. it, I... I because for for most of her early scenes, Margot Robbie's character is working with like a a woman director mm-hmm. who looks exactly like Greta Gerwig. Yeah. <laughs> so, see, I knew. Yeah, uh, but she manages to do show. She like she's like, oh, how do you find the sadness within you? And she says, I just think of home. I think Back of New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> and which Dan and I would cry <laughs> over immediately. It's like, oh, New Jersey, boohoo, the boo dragons the are here dragon. on the podcast um but as the set literally burns down around her like the set catches fire and they're like no keep acting do this and she does she rises to the task and the top executive is passing through and he notices her yeah. like he, even with the fire going on behind him he notices uh, nelly larue yeah i keep wanting to say like <laughs> jonathan kwiatkowski like kelly fitzroy or something kelly fitzroy yeah but nelly larue not... <laughs> kelly fitzroy yes <laughs> interesting but Manny rushes back to set in an ambulance after, like, this tense scene of sitting there waiting for the camera to show up. Well, yeah, and it's, like, because they clearly, you know, maybe it's a race thing, see, maybe not, it's not. not a bad movie yet. Not may- a bad movie. Not a bad movie yep. yet. See? See? It's, like, maybe it's a race thing, maybe it's something else, but, like, the camera rental place, like, mm. is dicking him around. They're mm. like, oh, you don't know the difference between a 208 and well, a 209. they're being racist. They say, he's a Mexican. Yeah, no, they are, yeah. and they make him wait for almost, I think, like, two hours mm-hmm. sitting there and he waits, the camera. Yeah. And he does. He waits stalwartly, and he says, that's mine. He doesn't sign it out and just steals an ambulance and goes. Eventually, he arrives on the set. Uh, Strasburg is like, my boy, he's arrived. We've got to get this last shot. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Jack comes out drunk, plastered, a la yeah. me recording every episode of this podcast. But, but again... I, you know, business is business. Show biz is show biz. I got to come out and I got to record. He turns it on and yeah. he does the scene as he's supposed to do it. Yeah, and then a butterfly lands on his shoulder and it's like a perfect shot of cinema. It is. It's like, oh, what a fortuitous event that's gone on here. Everyone celebrates and that's cinema magic, Dan. Yeah, that's the movies. That's why we make the movies. That's the movies. See Jurassic Park? That was actual dinosaurs that showed up that one day. <sighs> don't don't mention oh, Jurassic look, Park. We'll but... be getting to Jurassic Park. Yeah, in this we film. will be getting Jurassic Park. And it's Park. funny how all of Dan's favorites were referenced in the yeah, end. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I in got them all. Succession. Except for Persona. Persona's mine, but the rest are well, yours. Yeah, Persona yeah. was yours, and no. I've also seen Joan of Arc, so that was that's oh, in, my like an gosh, old artsier older movie that I've seen. Talk so about that was that. Uh, Jesus. Yep. Uh, so the the film is done. Nellie does a great job, and Nellie's star ascends despite not knowing anyone, not knowing who she is at the premiere. We get this cute scene where she's like bribing an onlooker, like, "Are you Nellie Leroy?" Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh my God, can I have an autograph?" And the person's like, "Come in, yeah, me at like any and then movie she slips opening." Him a yeah. dollar, because yeah. she has like fake fans. Yeah, uh, Manny is getting better and better jobs in Hollywood. Uh, we see that Faye Zhu is also a lesbian who has a crush on Nelly. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Do you think she swings both ways while she's like redubbing her audio or writing the super well, yeah, titles?" Putting the, yeah, putting the super titles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not even any scoring for the silent movie. I put down a question mark. Like it's, it's not a, like a live thing. Here's my first gripe. Yeah? My first gripe, I think, came around this point. The black and white footage does not look like actual black and white movies. Yeah, I mean, they have higher quality cinemascope. 
but you couldn't recreate it for the sake of the I don't, movie. I don't that, know. That, is that, a tri- would, that would have been cool. That is I don't a know how they do that. To old Hollywood. That would have been cool, Jonathan. No, no, because you were about to do Devil's Advocate there. No, 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 like no, no. Could, I agree. They, I agree with you, Dan. I'm not. I'm not advocating anything. I think that's a cool idea, but I, I just don't know how they do that. Well, because that that was that was gripe number one, and I understand why it has to be done that way. But it's like you're doing this whole expensive, incredibly expensive mm. tribute to old Hollywood. Mm. Like, make the black and white footage look like actual. Would that have saved the movie for you? It would have given it a point back mm. that. You know, maybe the Count had robbed the movie of before, but no. Interesting. So, <laughs> so Nelly hires her dad as a manager, and we learn from Selena, never ever hire your dad as your manager. No, yeah. Always leads to pain and heartbreak. And again, it's like, it, it is, that is a good setup. It's mm-hmm. like, you can feel the tension. So far, you haven't had bad things to say about this no. film, so. At the, at mm-hmm. this Interesting point, yeah. how much you hated it, so. But it was going to, like, you see all of these these plot arcs taking shape, and you, like, you know that by the nature of this movie that, like, Nelly is, is, is doomed, and, okay, she made her dad her business manager. That was the downfall of many a Hollywood starlet, mm-hmm. up in, like, up until the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Like, that's still something that a lot of famous young actors have to deal with um but it ends up going nowhere yeah. like it, it it pays off later on in the movie with one line of dialogue but it's nothing that we care about because mm-hmm. it never actually it, it's never it's never brought up again for like drama so the movie hasn't died for you yet no not yet can you please bring up that point when it does die for you yes i'm interesting to know uh, so we get Valentino's death, which was like a big Hollywood thing. Mm-hmm. Like people threw themselves off the Domo in Italy because Valentino died. Mm-hmm. It was like a huge thing. Yeah. But that's there because it's like an accurate history. And I, I was not aware of that. So yeah. that's, that is interesting. Uh, we get newsreels of Constance and Nelly fighting. So we get some Samara Reeve weaving and uh, uh, Margot Robbie fighting on yes. set. Like we're like, oh, she ices her nipples. <laughs> like, well, yeah. it pisses me off. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Like that, that film buffs are going to know. A la showgirls. And she's like, I don't oh. ice them. Go ice them, kid. Well, not the not the tits thing, but the the like oh she's messing up my like the blocking because mm-hmm. like Margo, she's inventing her new one because she's the star. Roby is literally stealing the scene by like the way that she's entering and then flopping onto the couch in the mm-hmm. scene. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the camera has to like reposition to focus on her. Yep, and she's like she's ruining the blocking. It's like because mm-hmm. now the camera has to. I I think what it's doing is that when she she. Like, Margot Robbie, it's the scene is supposed to be, she, like, flops onto a couch, and then Samara Weaving's character comes in as the main character Mm. and gets the focus. But because Margot Robbie is on the couch, the scene has to, like, expand to take both of them in equal part. And Samara Weaving knows what she's doing, and she's, like, it's a good little film. like, oh, I'm, like, producing this film, like, I'm the star, you gotta cut her out of it. Yeah, my company is funding it. And, like, Margot Robbie's like, hmm... I don't know about that. She calls her doctor up, Dr. Sismo from New York City. Yeah. And is like, hey, I'm going to do that surgery. Yeah. And then she gets like this whole facial surgery done and needs time to recover because mm-hmm. it's in her contract. And, it and they're ruins, like, oh shit, we have to cancel the film. It ruins Samara Weaving's, uh, like, I, I yeah. would assume her production company pulls out and yeah. she, Margot Robbie, has, has bested 
her yeah. some arrow weaving so and uh then he sees nelly is taking off later jack like commissions him because he's like his assistant at that point mm-hmm. to go to new york and he hears about like these new films the talkies are occurring specifically the jazz singer yeah al johnson's the jazz singer which we've read about in every history book and film class mm-hmm. um for now but that's occurring in new york manny's like fine i'm gonna go off to new york i'm gonna watch it for you and of course jack is having these problems at home with like his new wife that only speaks a different language. It's like mm-hmm. Ukraine or something. And she's like, you bastard, you try to kill me. And then she shoots him. Mm-hmm. And we get like this old Hollywood glamour of like, oh, it was just a misunderstanding between them. Yeah. Like young love gone there. Uh, but Manny is tasked to go to New York to see the jazz singer. And he also meets up with Nelly, all of the Dan Ryan, John the Kwiatkowski scene. Yeah, we reunite. I'm like coming out of my premiere. And I'm like, <laughs> Dan! I haven't seen you Jonathan! in ages yeah. yeah, do you like ice cream? I, I hate- hope it's not Min Chip. <laughs> You're betting too much money on the Splatfests. That's what's oh going on. <laughs> Honestly, my finger's just like, I gamble, but I only do it in my off time every Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time I gamble. Yeah, you know, and it's it, cute. It's it a, is. It I is. like this relationship between these two. I think they have good chemistry together. It's so no, not a bad movie yet. Not, a bad, not movie a bad movie. Yet. Not a bad movie. Yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, this movie turns really dark for you. I'm like, we're almost halfway through. I guess. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Keep going. I'll I'll remember it. When All it. right. So I said it was kind of cute. Uh, Nelly has a gambling problem. Uh oh. Nelly stops by a sanatorium to talk to her mother. Yeah. Um, she's like, I want to leave the city of New York, New Jersey adjacent, whatever. But I left my mom here, and her mom is like uncommunicative with her. Yeah, her like, her mom going is through kind some of, shit. Yeah. Yeah, her mom is like non-responding, and and it's it's like a very sobering little moment. Yeah. It, it's like okay, now we kind of understand what Nelly was trying to get away. And from. we get like Nelly is like still kind of a child going through that. She's like, I hate fucking toppings on ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. A very Jonathan line, like, trying to redirect this, like, do you like toppings, Manny? And Dan would go, no, 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 I don't like toppings. Well, and it's framed like their other scenes are together where where Nelly kind of innocently dominates the conversation and kind Mm -hmm. of, like, makes it about herself. And then only when she catches herself doing that does she give Manny a chance to, like, explain some things about himself. Yeah, Manny's like, oh, I left my family at a young age. They live in LA, like, a couple hours away. No, 30 minutes. They're only 30 minutes. Like, I can really go visit them anytime, but we don't see eye to eye on this situation. So they're both, like, distant with their family. what I got from that scene was that, like, Manny, even having moved up slightly in Hollywood, just, even though his family was so close, he didn't want to like he didn't want to go back to that old life in any way yeah shape, yeah or form and they're I get, both I get that too they're yeah. similar in that way yeah um but uh they leave she goes to her hotel and like lives in her stardom is like my driver can take you wherever you want he goes to the premiere of the jazz singer where in his like fugue state of thinking about uh, nelly he sees that the audience is reacting heavily to mm-hmm. the jazz singer like standing up clapping like this is the future of films he rushes outside calls jack and is like jack we need to get on this shit yeah we need to get on to talkies. No, because the, the And, the like, audience... that's a movie right there. Like, Babylon Part 1, end that there, that's good. No, I agree, because yeah. it is it's it is a very powerful, because it, it takes Manny... Not even then, because there's a few good sequences coming up, but... Well, yeah. M- Manny, like, is, is sitting there. At first, he's distracted. He's, like, wistfully thinking about Nelly. But then he realizes, like, the magic in the room with him. Like, the audience is going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're... The, 
that portion of the jazz singer is not even over yet. It's just yeah. like a performance. Yeah, and it's it, like midway through. He's like, let me sing for you. And the audience is cheering as if it's a live concert. I've been to a Broadway show. I know how they're doing. And they, you know, he's like, man, he just immediately runs outside. He's like, we got to get on this. We got to like, this is strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. So. Uh, so then we get the next great sequence in my mind. Mm-hmm. This great moment where Nelly is ushered from the non-talkies into the talkies. Yes, also and a good scene. She's onto like a soundstage for the first time, and they're all trying to film something. Yes, and it is great. Like they usher in, they start coolly. We see like the sweat that's like on her forebrow, her trying to learn her lines, the director trying to get shit together, the sound designer, like, going, I can't move the mic, it's gonna take me ten hours to do so. The guy in the recording studio going, it's a fucking hot box in here. I can't do that. I was like, this is exactly, like, this scene is perfect. I love this scene. It is a, I would say it's a, it's a, I, I would also agree with you. Yeah. It is a almost perfect scene. It's like it is showing all the stress factors that would have gone into making like things that we take for granted when modern movies are made, like mm. people not understanding that like the red light means don't come on the yeah. set. This don't, movie must have soured real quick for you. Then. Don't sneeze. Yeah. Don't fart. Don't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Like are you we, wearing we like soft sole shoes? What's yeah. going on here? I was like, I've worked in theater. I understand what's going on here. You missed your mark by like a millisecond. We can't move the mics. Greta Gerwig has like <laughs> Greta a, Gerwig adjacent. She, she yeah. has a pin in her ankle. Yeah. From the surgery, and like you can't move that. And it because it picks up on the mic with mm-hmm. like a tinny effect. So yeah. you can't have that. Ha- the like, director it, like, shows up and he's like of the studio and is like, what's going on here? like we're doing a great job one thing that i hate about this is it's only eight takes and if you've been on any film slash studio setting it takes way more than that we've seen shelly duvall in the shining no that's what i agree i think that like for like montage purposes you could have had it like like 42 well yeah (laughs) or even like 18 or something and get like the sweat really amplified and things like that yeah Who's wearing a watch? Who the fuck sneezed? I mean, we get some explicit dialogue going on here that the Catholic administration was like, oh my god. Yeah, like, the studio guy is losing it. Like, yeah, like I, he's not the director, he's, like, the, uh... Like, the, 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 he's uh, like the stage a, manager, almost. Yeah, or, yeah. or, or I, yeah, I forget assistant what he is. Director, that or probably, producer, yeah. and yeah. he's, like, freaking the fuck out. And it's, it's funny, it's... Yeah, yeah. Like, I can see that happening. And everyone is losing their shit, and despite Nelly being like, oh, I'm not gonna get this, like, she does take some drugs from the Count, again, to get back on set. First, like, first warning sign. Yeah, but then she does it like flawlessly. She does. Yeah, in, like, and the it's, eighth take, and it is like a comically simple. Yeah, it's scene like, hello, is this the deed? Where's the Where's the party at? <laughs> yeah, at the evening. And okay. Dan would be like, "Come on, Johnny, you got the fucking take." And I'd be, oh, but then tragically, the sound booth guy is dead. Dies <laughs> because he in overheated. The heat. Yeah. yeah, and perfect movie so far. I don't understand how you think this is a bad film. Keep going. We'll get to the. We'll get. We'll get there. Mm, okay. So you know, guys, it only been eight takes. Calm down. Uh, Jack takes a new wife, a Broadway actress by the name of Estelle, mm-hmm. who is the girl from Fantastic Beasts. Who I didn't know. Dan it's, pointed that out to the, me. Mr. Scamander. It's Mr. that one. Mr. Scamander, a I, classic. I don't even remember Tina. her name. <laughs> Tina. Tina. Whatever. Tina Goldstein. Tina. Tina Goldstein, sister of Queenie Goldstein. So, oh my yeah. gosh! So, yeah, but that was, was cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I didn't know that. Um, and we get another smaller party. And now the movie starts dragging. <laughs> Put down. So maybe this is where it all went downhill for you. 
you know, I think I, I'm pretty sure it's where you announced. That I said it's almost halfway, halfway through. Yeah. So wow, on my notes. Wow, I really, I really knew what you were thinking at that point. It's gonna start now. Uh, yeah. But Nelly is struggling with hiding her jersey shine. Um, we get Lady Feiju chooses to dance with Nelly. Uh, Cindy, Cindy is making the rounds at this party as well, mm-hmm. just like playing his trumpet in the background, having a few scenes. Um, it will end getting work because he gets like yeah. handed a card well, be- from... from like a drunk director that's yeah. like, oh, you would be great for my picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Lady Feiju chooses to dance with Nelly. Uh, Nelly is getting more and more pissed at her father riding her coattails. Yes, saying that like, oh, I once I wrestled a snake. And just burnt out from the, the, I think, like, the Hollywood scene. Like, she she goes into the bathroom. Yeah. And she hears people talking about her. Like, that slut's not going to make it anywhere in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. So then and she, it's, it's sad. It man. is sad. Yeah. And she She's comes out in a very, like, furious state. And yeah. her dad is trying to pick up a woman with his, like, famous oh. bullshit, like, I fought a snake story. Mm-hmm. So... Ellie has had enough, and she... Nelly. Nelly has had enough, <laughs> and uh, Tay in the Wind, Nelly has had enough, and she is like, um, you know, we're gonna go have you fight a snake. Who yeah, wants who to wants see to him fight, fight a snake? Who wants to fight a fucking snake? Yeah. And this... And everyone's this was, like, I do! It leads to another trailer shot, because yeah. it's like, um... It's like the scene where they're all in the desert with the car lights behind them, and you think they're gonna race or, or something, <laughs> but it, it, it's... No, they just find a rattlesnake. Her dad can't do it, so Nelly like shows up to that moment. And she's like, "See, I grabbed the snake. I'm fine." She gets bitten, and everyone panics. Like the yeah. football team that she's like seduced. Uh, Brad Pitt is crazy. Brad Pitt has like an existential. He's like standing Her, there. His he... wife is flipping out. Yeah. And then we see that Feiju like is like Jesus fucking Christ. These white people. Yeah, she goes up, she... she... Like, that's kind of cool. Like, I like her. I wish... I wish she was in it more. Yeah, she beheads the snake. Yeah, she uh, sucks out the poison. Sucks out the poison to prevent it from, like, coagulating, because it's like a rattlesnake. Yeah. And, and then she kisses Nelly. Yeah. And mm. it's it's a very cinematic moment. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Which saved <laughs> that part for me. Oh, I interesting. Was, it's I was, not done yet. You I, only got an hour and a half and you couldn't last, huh? I was worried that that was going to be like a lull random oh, Margot Robbie just got bit by a snake. Did you think she screaming. was going to die at any point? Or no. no? Oh, I thought the right. dad was going to die, right. but I, I, I didn't think well, he didn't do anything. Die. He just sat on the side. I, well, I had seen other Margot Robbie shots in the trailer, so I knew yeah. she wasn't going to die. You say Robbie. Is it Robbie? You keep saying Roby. I say Robbie. You say Roby. You said Roby first. I say Roby. It's on tape. No. So if we go back, that's Listen, how you've I don't been agree pronouncing with that. I it. say Margot Robbie. Listen, you. You've been saying Roby mm, prior to this. I think you're delusional. I think it's another water situation. <laughs> it's going not. On here. I want to say Robbie. I know you're angry, Dan, but don't take it out I on me. I am steamed. It's Margot Robbie. <laughs> There, yeah, I said it. That's what I, yeah, Margot Robbie. Yeah, that's well, you've been saying Roby. Because you said Roby. Well, don't repeat what you say. Go with your heart, and I'll pick up on it. You know, I've been drinking, Dan's been sober. What's the difference there, huh? Uh, Anyways, MGM sang it in the rain, which is a real thing that MGM did. They took all their stars together, and they put mm-hmm. them together and said, you're going to sing Singing in the Rain in front of Noah's Ark. Yes. So, like, yeah. the fake stars are with the real stars at that point. And, and I'm still okay. I'm yeah, still yeah. like... I mean, Dan, what weren't you okay with this movie? We only got an hour left. Well, no, we'll know when we hit it. But mm. the... the it, it doesn't get into 
shameless at that point. Yeah. It's like, this is a real thing that Hollywood did, this is stupid, and Jack is not adjusting well to it. He yeah. is, like, not about He this... doesn't want to, like, embarrassingly sing, sing yeah. in the rain, even though I'd be right there for that. Yeah, but he's in not... In my pink little... <laughs> ...geared towards talking and singing, so... Yeah, uh, Sydney is moving up, but still the non-white storyline gets no legs. He suggests that the cameras are focusing on the wrong place, like, maybe yeah. focus on the band instead. And yeah. they do that, and then they're, like, a success. Well, that's like, how Manny becomes a success. Yeah. Like, Manny's talking Manny to Sydney him... Manny and Sydney discuss who is the musician, should be filmed, uh, instead of the actors, and then Manny sees an idea there... Um, in the films that have never been done before. Yeah, they, f- they like, start filming and distributing just uh, Sidney and his band playing jazz, just, yeah. like, on a fancy stage. Yep. And then they distribute those as, like, short films. And then he's approached by that same guy from the party in the first scene that's mm-hmm. like, oh, you should be leader of, like, the sound design at Kinetoscope. Yes. Weird teeth guy. Which is, like, the opposite studio that he's working for at that point, but he's like, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we need to do something about Nellie. She is fading. And then Manny is like, oh no, my friend is like fading. Mm-hmm. I need to help her out. Like we need to like revitalize her. So he goes in as like a director, a producer, whatever. Is like, you know, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, he may be fading now, but give him a grand damn yeah, role. we gotta get and the... And we can, we can train him. We can make him better, stronger, faster. We gotta scrub the New Jersey <laughs> out of that boy. And, you know... Would you do that for me, Dan? Could I take the New Jersey out of you? No, if I would you? To? Would you try? I guess I would have to try. Yeah, have to. You wouldn't want to. I would want to. I would Interesting. feel compelled to. Just because I showed you Babylon, <laughs> and yeah. you know I would act. They'd be like Dead Ryan. This is John McGrawkowski. Be like, oh my stars and goddess, I never seen a boy like this before. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta get Gabe and Matt and everyone to write, like, uh, puff pieces about yes, you. Yes, get them yes, out there. Yes, yeah. John Lekwakowski was a duchess the from New Jersey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but who knows if it'll work or not. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but uh, it's the literal, like, so, like, Manny's revitalization is literally sing in the rain. Yes. We get the can't make love to a bush scene. Yes. Redone, which is a classic from Jonathan and Dan. Which is weird because... It's weird because it's not in Singing in the Rain, which exists in this universe. Yes, and we see that scene later on in this movie, yeah. so it's it's strange. It's That's... there to make Manny feel like he's done something, it's I feel. where it starts to wobble for yeah. me. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, it's like the, the, the meta-fiction stuff yeah. starts to... Uh, Manny wants to turn Nelly into sophisticated lady, uh, uh, wants Nelly to get more work, pretending they don't know each other, literally can't make love to her bush scene... Uh, Manny's directing. Faye tries to help Nellie with her voice and diction. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get. The- I wish there was more of a relationship between them too. I feel yeah. like that was a like Nellie kisses her at the party and is like, "Oh, and like, am I into girls too?" That would have been fun. Yeah, like old Hollywood, but that's not there. They immediately like erase that. Yes, and then like Faye is fired. <laughs> well, yeah, Faye is fired because the studio sees uh, them that they're dating yeah. or like hanging out too much and it's like we can't have a lesbian like, as we, our we, we're going to moral well, I, I think I guess it, it tracks with that time period like we're going to mu- like moral um well, it's like the Haze Spot- Code. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like we can't we can't risk it, so we have to be family friendly or something. So yeah. uh, Manny does the job in a blink, so like he like gets uh, hired to do all these things of directing all of, like voice coaching, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's moving up the ranks. Uh what the fuck? Jack is trying to adapt to talkies too. Uh Jack's friend George then kills himself and Jack takes it very hard. Yes. So we get like his Broadway actress wife is like oh i would take that line in a different way and he gets a phone call and it's mm-hmm. like oh your friend george killed themselves and he's like yes. oh 
And it's, it's, I mean, Brad Pitt sells it. And I'd have to say, this Broadway actress is like, after the moment, she's like, oh my god, I'm sorry that happened to you. But he doesn't feel it. Like, I like her. Well, she doesn't, we don't see her find out. Well, no, she she finds out. Like, he he tells her in like a second. Like, oh, okay. Oh, my okay. best friend died. And she's like, oh my god, I'm sorry. I mean to like take that as like an acting moment. Okay, okay. But I, I like her, but then he's like, you won't understand, like... Because they have this div- this derision against film versus theater. Well, yeah, you brought up the film v. theater it, it's fight. It's a thing. It's like, you know, the theater actors, they're a little bit snobby. They'll see, like, um, 100000 a night and it'll be a success. Mm-hmm. And then film will, that'll be a flop. Which is true. Yeah. I was like, okay, good Brad Pitt See? Speech. See, not bad. Not bad. Good bet. I'm, try- I'm trying to win this movie over for you, but I think it's tanking. But he's like, no, my work is, like, impermanent. It's going to live on for the ages. Theater's, like, there and it's gone. And I get that. <laughs> is that, do you, do you... No, that's what happens. Oh, yeah, Theater, okay. Theater's impermanent. It's there for, like, as long as it's there. No one really records it and it's gone. Okay, interesting. Yeah. We understand that in the theater community. <laughs> I don't know about you, Dan, your films, your Star Wars will always be there until Jabba the Hutt comes to the stage. Which, don't rule it out. Yeah. Uh, but Sydney is dealing with white people. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, okay, so then at that point, uh, Jack is going through a depression and freaks out at his movie flopping. Yes, because yeah. it's like he is still he is he, he's like in a like a French uh, cavalier movie. Yeah, and his acting like literally makes like the audience laugh. I think because it's so over the top. Because that's what you know as a silent film star, you have to over exaggerate all of theater. Yeah. And he cannot adapt to it. Um, yeah. And what, what does what does her name? Uh, does Eleanor do the interview with him then? Not yet. Not okay. yet. No. So uh, Jack is going through depression. Freaks out. Is moving. Blobbing. Sydney is dealing with the white people. And then at this point, Eleanor has invited Nellie to a fancy party. Yeah, for the My Fair Lady party. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, we're going to reinvent yourself. You're going to come into this East Coast socialite party. And you're gonna be a better person than you were before. And the the socialites are not having it. And then all our main characters are there for no reason except for Faye. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, Jack, you're here. Sydney, you're here. Whatever. Uh, Sydney is like, oh, how does Manny's it feel? There. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sydney, how does it feel being like a black person in jazz? Yeah, he's and getting he's like, like a lot what of what the fuck, like, like a lot of condescending questions from like a white couple. Yeah, that's, like, Jack. Talking it, his ear everyone's off. comforting him. Like, tut tut. Your film was a flop. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Nellie is like, they're just belittling her because she's not from the upper crust. Which ghost in the shell did you like, live action or animated? Well, you and know what? Both. Of course I like the live action because I love seeing her there. Guffaw. Oh, <laughs> oh did I say the wrong thing? <laughs> but it's a very Jonathan Trap. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, she's eating the uh, uh, the appetizers a little the wrong way. Mm-hmm. As but I would do. Yeah. This, I also like the scene, even though it verges on stupid yes. at the end, which I'll agree on. Like, I think this isn't a bad movie, Dad. I'm going to try and convince you, even though it's it's hard to do. It, well, wow, no, yeah. no sign. So she goes to cry in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but Manny is there and is like, tut tut, I'm going to take care of you. You need to go down there and show them the Jersey girl that you really are. Well, he still wants her to be polite because well, it's yeah, like his, his it's job like, is it, He sacrificed on it. a lot to get her there at this yeah. party with like the Rockefellers or whatever. Yeah, he just wants her to like relax a little bit. And, the the Hearst is and still yeah. you know, uh, but but still be a good party guest yeah. for the and, show. And then she like goes downstairs and like, "Did you hear a joke, Dan? Yeah, I heard a joke. 
there was a rabbit in the woods one time hanging out with the bear. Taking a dump. Yeah, taking a dump. And the bear asked the rabbit, hey, what do you do when your shit stains with shit? (laughs) Your fur stains with shit. And the rabbit said, I don't know nothing. And the bear said, perfect. And rubbed the rabbit between his cheeks and said, thank you so much. And all the socialites were like, and it was a fun. It's kind of funny. I kind of like that joke. But then she's like, I'm going to show you how a real New Jersey pig acts. Mm -hmm. And like she goes to the buffet table, eats everything. Well, repeatedly she says, this is how a New Jersey pig acts. Like over and over. But damn, what could you love? We're from New Jersey. Like Margot Robbie is channeling us. No shit. I still didn't have a problem at this point. I still didn't have a problem. It was really at the tail end. You were like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But she does that. She eats all the food. She pukes over William Randall first. Mm-hmm. She goes back into the rug and goes, and it's lovely. Yes. I love that. And then she's like, fuck y'all. I'm going home, a la Cartman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then that happens. Uh, I'm trying to look at my point in my notes. Eleanor is like pissed at that. She's like, my God, what did I sacrifice? Mm-hmm. This moment for uh, films don't need us. The viewers survive. Film was bigger than us. However, we live through... Oh, okay. So then at that point, after she leaves, then Brad Pitt has, like, his conversation with Eleanor. Yes. Which is a good... Well, you didn't like this moment. Well, okay. You said, my God, shut up. Eleanor does an interview with with Brad Pitt. Yeah. And Brad Pitt, uh, he thinks that since they have been on friendly terms, that Eleanor will give him a good, like, interview. Mm -hmm. But then the article, when it's published, is like, is Jack... LaRue through. <laughs> I, I don't know who the fuck is. It's Nelly LaRue. Is 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 Jack through Nelly LaRoy. Is 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 he and so he goes to confront her about this negative uh magazine piece. And this, from this point on, I wow. hate this movie. But that that's like less than a third though. It is starting with with, with Gene Smart's speech. Wow. I hate this movie. But and that's I the speech I give to you like every week, Dan. You give better speeches than that. Wow. You sell yourself. I'm like, we are the dreamer of dreams. <laughs> you sell yourself too short because this is the most like this was written by a modern day movie person in, in, yeah. in, in history. I the, agree. It's kind of corny. She, I have it in my notes. Like there are things like, oh, well, these like we the people who live in it's the like shadows one will be day will be gone but our film and our legacy will live on and then but they're gonna recount us as like gods there is no way that someone in the 30s would have thought that i there is, i don't know i, I think they would have i think they would have felt that people in the 30s like there are film reels from like the silent era and early hollywood era that are gone because like a warehouse was poorly wired and it burned mm. down and mm. destroyed like years of cinematic history yeah like i this very much feels like a modern day hollywood person is like well someday they'll turn on netflix and your movie will be on there and the movies are eternal but we have seen over the past couple years that movies can just be wiped from yeah, from existence. like public viewing all that hbo max and on such. the whims yeah. of the studio yeah. like even if something is lucky enough to end up in public domain this is still beholden to someone else's decision. It just, it, I can see the point of the speech, mm-hmm. but it just, there were words that were thrown in there that made it feel like it was very much written by like a modern day person. Mm-hmm. Like film is going to live forever. Someday someone will pop on a, a, a Jack LaRue picture mm-hmm. and it's like, 
You'll that doesn't and that's not yeah. what happens yeah. so that's not what like y- yeah. you know i so that this is where the movie you didn't started think it was like any it. form of heartfelt though no mm-hmm. no i did not okay uh, i put heavy-handed theming on point but sure so i guess I, I guess i <laughs> i loosely agree with you dan i'm sorry well, all right uh nelly desperately is trying to come back to manny she is circling the drained and accrued a huge gambling debt with the gangster James McKay, 85000 back in that time period. And this is the part where it feels like a separate movie gets Yeah, in. Dan was like, it's going on too long, I need to go. I need to be free. No, I, I'm not even that. It's just like, it feels like I... This is where I firmly did not like the movie anymore. Um, if you could excise this entire portion, right. it would probably save the film for me. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have like any emotional weight between the two leads. We don't have any emotional weight between the two leads now, Jonathan. <sighs> We don't end you with don't any have emotional. to yell, Dan! I'm sorry! I'm sorry I brought a Babylon! My god, don't hit me! <laughs> you heard that audience, he hit me live! Okay. But for but for context, for context, like you know, just to so not get too serious here. I really, really hate the count. I would say we'll that, get to the count. That even if you, yeah. if, even if you the didn't, count, he has like two lines. No, he doesn't. He has more than two lines, and oh they're like written God. by Judd Apatow, and I hate that type of dialogue. Oh, and it, it's like he, he does not sound like a person from the 1930s. He sounds like a modern day Kevin Smith burnout comedy character mm. who's like living with a quirky roommate, and he's trying to be an actor, and he wears a cape, and he's like selling drugs, and it's like oh. This character would make sense in a modern day like comedy about Hollywood. Yeah. And there's even like there's lines in there like when they're going to see the mafia people, he says something like, "Oh, these mafia guys, they're no worse than anyone in showbiz." And I did like I could feel the banjo laugh. I could uh, feel oh the, the the that visceral like like moment in in my core like that was that was written by a Hollywood schmuck. Oh, you're not gonna like my last good sequence of the film, then, are you? And no, I'm not. <laughs> but but oh, go no. on. <laughs> uh, so Nelly has no more money left, and she comes begging to Manny. Manny freaks out, like yelling at her in Spanish, like "Iso gran puta, what are you doing?" Yeah. And like I thought Ellie that was does a- Ellie doesn't know. I thought that was effective, <laughs> but like he's screaming at her, yeah. like, and she's like, "Please, I have no one else to turn to." He's like, "Fine, I'll do this for you mm-hmm. because I care about you." So then she fucked him up, but he says, like, you have to get off the drugs. Yeah. That's the only thing that I... I, I mean, she doesn't. She does not. <laughs> she, she does not try to, but he asks her to. Um, Jack gets offered a minor role and asks for honesty and receives it. So while Jack is like, Jack is like oh, did you like, like my movie? Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, no, it was not good. Yeah. But then he gets offered a minor role. And it's like freaking out over that as well. So we have like the story of Jack portraying in the background as well. And he's very like, he has like this very sobering phone conversation with like the actor. I think it's like a fellow actor who calls him in for like the co-star in the movie. Mm -hmm. And he's like, just admit to me that this film is a piece of trash and that you want me to add like name credibility to it. And he's like, you don't need to pay me extra. You don't need to give me top billing. Just be honest with me about why you're calling. And it was a good scene. It's a very good little part there yeah uh so manny and the count for some reason dan's favorite character have a plan uh to save uh nelly from her debts uh they have a meeting with james mckay who is toby mcguire he's here what did you think of him you like him i love toby mcguire i hated this character though Mm. i hated this part of the movie because 
Again, he's playing the literal devil, Dan. I know that Tobey Maguire can act, and I I don't have any doubts about that. Love him as an actor, but it feels like this was, and I could be wrong. You you by all means prove me wrong mm-hmm. if if, but I it feels like he was was called in and he he kind of phones this in. He's mm-hmm. like play weird mobster, mm-hmm. and he Toby's like sitting there, he's like, I got some film ideas. You want to hear them? Mm-hmm. Smirk, smirk wink like it's just very it's like a different type of hammy Mm. as the rest of the movie the movie has been one type of hammy yeah and then he feels like this is celebrity cameo for the last 15 minutes Mm. like you know just just put on a weird voice so i'll just put on my great sequence number three i'll tack that on Mm -hmm. i guess it doesn't matter well, you don't have to sound so despondent. You can... well, Dan didn't like the Dan didn't like my Sinister Six. Pick. But you you brought you know? this intentionally to do that, <laughs> you know? Well, they go down to like this Hellmouth, mm-hmm. but like the asshole of L.A. is what yes. they deem it, the Blockhouse. Well, because uh, the fucking Count has given them fake money, and Manny's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, the Count brought fake money that was made by the prop department for mm-hmm. the studio, and you know, obviously, when the mobster and his big henchmen figure that out, yeah, the big boy, Manny's gonna be in trouble. Mm. So, so they go there, and they literally descend through like the seven pits of hell. Mm-hmm. They go through, like, the fighting portion of it, where, like, people are sock and bock at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they, like, go through the weird alligator segment. I, and all the while the Count's like, come on, come on, I gotta show you something. I don't want to upset you. because You I've don't already, remember this, do you? I've already upset you, but wow. my note for that part of the movie was, which I wish I could see the debauchery. Because uh, it's all it's all dimly lit. There's one, like, Betty Boop segment where it's like, do 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 we're, like, we're yeah. raping each other. Like, okay, this is this is freaky and, and memorable and weird, but it's like, it's it just comes and goes so fast. Yeah. It's like... It's not. It's not much, yeah, but, but it is it, interesting. But it's spooky, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's it's again. It's like in this old abandoned tunnel. That's yeah. you know they're descending. They go down, and then like the uh, Toby McGuire's like, oh, give me more twenties. We're gonna pay this guy who eats rats. Well, specifically because the big guy who eats rats, Toby McGuire's character is like, oh, you should put him in the motion pictures. He'll do anything for like a twenty. So yeah. you could put him as like an action star yeah, if you want. Yeah, all the Babylon that they've been. Yeah. longing for the entire time yes. the way hollywood used to be and again i i get <laughs> this stretch it just feels like in a more cohesive story this would have been like manny who got his start at a crazy hollywood party yeah. descends into the depths and is like this is what the pinnacle of that is this mm-hmm. is the the end game of that crazy celebrity party mm-hmm. that we that you started at yeah and that would like but I think that's why character. that's there. To uh, show just... how debauched they got. But we don't get any reflection on it hmm. because it's about Margot Ro- Robbie. So, yeah. 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 Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. <laughs> Robbie the robot. Yeah. Uh, so they go through that. Of course, when they get to the bottom, uh, Toby Maguire realized their bills are fake mm-hmm. and then freaks out at them. It's like, you try to cheat me. Mm-hmm. He fires his gun off. They kill this one henchman guy. Mm-hmm. And then they run out, and they flee. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Manny like takes a mace off the wall and kills the big muscular. I'm like, oh shit! Like, yeah, oh, and then was... he frees the crocodile. He frees the crocodile. Alligator, and uh, you know, escapes into the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's like I gotta get out of here because obviously now he's going to have the mob like hitmen after him. Yeah. So 
Um, meanwhile, Jack is meeting with his new fiance and sees Faye in passing at like a hotel. Mm-hmm. And they have this conversation where Faye is like, oh, you know, I'm big in Europe at this current moment right now. Uh, I do film on my side. You should really like strive for like, you know, the best you can do. Yeah. Like we all survive whatever. She gives a good conversation to him. But he's so obsessed with like being like Hollywood's dead. <laughs> well, yeah, and he's he, you know wistfully like it. W- it really was a magical place, wasn't yeah. it? It was like yeah. a wonderful and place to be. It's sad. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I have no problem with Brad Pitt's stretch. Mm. So, yeah. Then he goes upstairs. He gives the guy that he gave his biggest tip another tip. Mm-hmm. It's like who gave you the biggest tip? You, sir. Yes. Well, here, take a double. The future is yours now. And then he goes and shoots himself in the head. And it's a very just matter-of-factly, just painful moment. Mm-hmm. I, like, like you know it's, like, you can feel it coming as he's, like, going up the stairs there. and, mm-hmm. and But it's like, yeah, he's not leaving that hotel room no. ever again. And it's, it's, it's very well done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Manny panics and grabs Nelly on his way back from uh, uh, Tony, Tommy, what, what's the actor's name? What? Toby. Toby, Toby McGuire. McGuire. <laughs> oh my god. And they flee to Mexico, or that's the idea. Nelly's coked out of her mind, and she's like, Woo! We're like, going to Mexico! I'm flying! Whee! Fly with me! This is me! You trying to take me anywhere! Yay! Woohoo! But they gotta... They, they drop off the count to get his things. Yeah. They're going to go get gas, and then oh, they'll come back to get him. Big moment. And they're like, Nelly, can you just wait in the car? And she can't. Well, first they had this moment where she's like, Oh... I hear dancing. I hear singing. Yeah, she walks into someone's like, quinceanera. Do, 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 do. do you know who I am, and, and Dan? Ma- and Manny, I'm Nelly Leroy. Why, Ma- that's Nelly Leroy. Manny, who understandably at this point is at his wit's end, is like, stop yeah. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. I'm going to marry you. And she's like, you're going to marry me. Oh. And and Nelly kind of like sobers up a little bit. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll marry you. Yeah. I'll, I'll flee with you to... To Mexico, we'll start a life, yeah. we'll have kids, and mm-hmm. we'll be happy. Yep. And and Manny swears to her, kind of repeating, you know, how he first said that, you know, I love you to her, Tiamo, to, to like, <laughs> in the first scene. Tiamo. And it, that is seemingly, like, he just vows to make sure that she's happy every day. Mm-hmm. And we think, okay, maybe yeah. are these characters going to, to make it yeah. to that point? So then he arrives at the Count's house and is trying to, like, get his last minute things. Mm-hmm. Leaves Nelly in the car and Nelly pulls the Jonathan and is like, I hear the music. Yeah. I got to dance, Dan. I got to go off into the night. She she wanders off <laughs> into the darkness. <laughs> this would be how I go. And you go like, Jonathan! Get the car! <laughs> but Nelly's gone. Nelly's gone. For a while, and then uh, Manny is having his own hell inside because, like, one of the Tommy McGuire's hitmen is after him mm-hmm. and shoots the other two dudes, and then he begs a Mexican, being like, I'm not an American, I'm Mexican. Well, he really, like, lowers himself. He yeah. pretends to be a nobody, like, I'm just a nobody, I'm just mm-hmm. a, you know, like, like I'm, what point is there in killing me? You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he wets himself out of fear, and I guess the... The, the hitman taking some pity on him or maybe thinking he's confused this supposed Hollywood executive with mm-hmm. someone else is like, just get out of town. Yeah. Just get out Leave. of LA. Leave. Disappear. Yeah. And he does so. But mm-hmm. then he runs out to the car and he's like, Nelly! Nelly! <laughs> but she's gone. She's gone into the night, Dan. I love me. 
That's what you have to hear. You have to listen for. Listen for the Dua Lipa song playing somewhere in the distance. And then maybe you'll find me. But you would have missed me, Dan? I would have missed you. In spite of you bringing Babylon to the podcast, I would have missed you. Yes. Okay, so Manny begs for his life. And then we get a. That Sydney is in a band, not famous, but happy? Well, okay, we missed his plot thing oh, he was please. there was an earlier scene where manny was still kind of oh at yeah the where they make his, him like more blackface then and yeah, they're like, like wear blackface and he's like oh no well there's like a racist uh studio executive who is like uh in the like in the film composition here uh sydney looks lighter skinned than his mm-hmm. uh band members and if we play this in the south they'll get mad that a mixed race it looks like due to the lighting that a mixed race person is is you know and manny thinking of his career like presses for sydney to put like uh it's charcoal onto mm-hmm. his face to mm-hmm. make him his skin darker and this is one of in my opinion the best acted scenes in the film mm. like sydney is clearly understandably yeah. he is like he's he's playing his like trumpet solo and he is pissed and you yeah. can you can see it in his face he's like almost tearing up from it and then the the shoot ends the the movie wraps production he wipes it off his face and he just leaves the company car he like gives up his like uh stage studio pass whatever it's like i'm not coming back Mm -hmm. like i'm done yeah and that's again if within his own separate movie that would have been something could have carried it yeah Mm. yeah but he doesn't he doesn't yeah He's not allowed to. But in the present day, Sydney is happily playing for like a small crowd Band, inside yeah. this yeah. like uh, like jazz club. So mm-hmm. uh, then we get a montage reveal, newspaper clippings that Nellie has been found dead in a hotel room at 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so she went over that, and then we see that Eleanor has died at 76. She's attending Jack's funeral. She's in the Jack's funeral. In one interesting moment, she looks over and sees like two younger actor guys. I mm-hmm. think like mm-hmm. like talking about him. Yeah, yeah, and and that plays into her whole thing about how this is going. The cycle is going to keep going on forever. Yeah, and then we get the evolution of film, Dan. We do that keeps going on. But in 1952, Manny returns to California with his wife Sylvia and young daughter, having fled to New York City and established a radio shop. He, he, they, in terms of making him look like he aged, they had him oh, Dan, slick. Dan did not like this. He said, I fucking hate this. They, Dan did not like this. To show that Manny has aged 10 years. They made him bald. They didn't make him, they couldn't even. Balding. They couldn't do, no, they couldn't even do bald or balding. They just had him slick his hair back really, Oof, really hard. Dan, you've in the middle. worked in Hollywood, have you? And they put like a little fat belly, like a fake belly on him. And he's dressed exactly like Edward James. I would have gained that weight, honestly. Like a normal actor. Well, you are a method actor, (laughs) but he... Give me one week, I'll gain it. He looks exactly like Edward James Olmos in Stand and Deliver, the same outfit, the same, like, frumpy, I've-aged outfit, and he's there with his wife and daughter, um, and he, since leaving L.A., he has opened, I guess, a successful, like, radio shop in New York City. A radio shack, yeah. Not a... Well, not THE Radio Shack. (laughs) That was founded by Samson Radio Shack in 19... I I uh, see. But he, uh, you know, is bringing his his wife and daughter to show them 
the kinescope entrance. Yeah. Like, oh, I used to work here. Yeah, we made then the moving pictures. He talks to, like, the security guard there who also speaks Spanish. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, when did you start here? He's like, oh, a month ago. Things are changing here. Mm-hmm. I used to work here. I'm like, that's very cute. Yeah. Then his family's like, oh, you know, we're going to take the daughter back to the hotel. She's tired, but feel free to spend all the time you need here. Mm-hmm. To, like, re- recoup, revest, whatever you need. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna go see a movie. And then the lamest shit in the movie happens, Can in my opinion. Can you explain, Dan? This is your segment of the movie. Explain it in detail, he's, please. He's wistfully wandering through Hollywood, yep. and he goes... Uh, and you would see uh, Evangelion playing the, on the big screen. The town has is a change in. The Hollywood sign has been fixed. He, he goes into a little theater to see Singing in the Rain. Yeah. And he is brought to tears well, by... No, first he goes to sweep. To sweep? What? <laughs> he oh, goes to sweep. Yeah. And then... And then he realizes halfway through the movie that he wakes up and he's like, this is my life. Yeah. And and he's he's watching Singing in the Rain and then we get an incredibly <sighs> lame montage of... All the film greats, which included all of Dan's faves. All of my favorites. Yeah, we got Joan Terminator, Star Wars, Terminator Indiana 2, Jones. to be precise. Yeah. Yeah, something we Avatar. just watched. Yeah, Avatar. <laughs> and Dan was like, I like these all. But it, it's just a very, in my opinion, it's like a, it's just one of those moments. It's like, remember movies? Yeah. Don't you like them, mm. audience? And if I was in the audience for this movie, I think I would be crying like Manny is in this part because I... I wish we could have seen this live in theaters. I don't like movies I anymore. I think this would have gotten you. So, but Manny... They come to the part in Singing in the Rain where the uh, Miss Densmore and the actress are fighting over where, like, the microphone is, like, you gotta speak into the bush. Yeah. And Manny is crying because he was there. He literally did that. For when the, the transition from sound, uh, from, from silent to sound took place. And I guess it could be tears of sadness or tears of joy that he was part of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, sadness that that, like, his era is being used as like a joke now maybe mm. um but yeah and then and then the movie we get the dun 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 we see margot robbie like partying again maybe in hell we don't know and and the film spins out the colored dye starts like uh like seeping like the like there's some kind of problem with like the film developing and it's all merging together huh it starts flashing and there's like an end thing and then and then Manny's laughing. And and the movie ends, question mark? Yeah, Dan. But will it ever leave your no. personal being? No, it will not. Well, Dan, you did it. You survived <laughs> Babylon. I'm happy for you. I don't think this movie is as bad as you thought, because you talked about it for like the last hour as a bad movie, but the first two hours were good. Uh, well, no. I we're playing it up for comedic effect, but I mm. I well, I am playing it up for comedic, but the, Well the, no, well, you might have hated it. That's fine I, too. Like I did hate it good, but I think that there was a good movie somewhere in here, mm. but those critical little failings for me made it kind of like it pushed them past the point of no return movies that i don't like yeah <laughs> the point of no return. i just i would argue that that toby Maguire's the whole thing was unnecessary i would argue that you cut out some of the meta commentary about film in hollywood and mm-hmm. like you know maybe just restructure it into how people at the time would have viewed what they were doing mm-hmm. because 
Hollywood was like a different beast back then, and you know that too. Like it's I like do, it was. Yes, I'm aware. You would get young Jonathan, you know, addicted to cigarettes, and then you mm-hmm. you'd film uppers, like, downers, and candy corns. Yeah, you'd film like 40 movies in a month uh-huh. because the contract has yeah. it, and you're like, here you're on a jungle set, here you're in the wild west, yep. here you're back in a wild west jungle, and it's like none of that comes through aside from that first scene where they're on like the chaotic movie set, mm-hmm. and I wish it had been more of that. If it had been all of that, I I would have been very very happy. But I I the, the 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 things that threw it off really threw it off, and ultimately it does feel like everyone besides Manny and Margot don't get to shine as much. Mm. Well, you've and said what you've said. Uh, said what I said, and it's not recorded for posterity. It is. Yeah. So one day when you regret this, you look back and go, "Oh, Babylon was the greatest film of all time." How didn't I know? Someday, someone in in 2050 will put this <laughs> podcast on, and our ghosts will dine together on Taco Bell once. Well, again. not me. I've enjoyed the movie, but, <laughs> but you'll be there. Well, your I guess. ghost yeah. is here. I'll too, be in heaven, so. <laughs> <laughs> where I get for liking Babylon. I guess. Um, I do like this. I don't think it's the best movie. I agree with some of Dan's points, of course, as always. That's the reason why I picked it. You've allowed me to talk a lot. So j- just explain what this movie means to you. Like, I, by all means, like, why do you do you like this movie? What does it mean to me? I like the old Hollywood machine that they put us through here. I like seeing, like, that old Hollywood fable of putting things together. I do agree with you that the movie does descend into madness mm-hmm. about an hour and a half in, halfway through. And then it's a little bit too much. But mm-hmm. those earlier scenes where they're putting the movies together and they're fucking each other up over the the sound situation, mm-hmm. I think could have been a better movie if that was the whole film. But uh, there are elements of this film that I like. I think the actor portrayals are great. I think the costume design is great. I think that score is catchy with the the Donkey Kong score, which we didn't mention yeah, the entire yeah. time. The, the entire movie Donkey is just Kong. a Donkey Kong score, which we all love. But uh, I I I like this movie. Okay. But it's a sinister sick nonetheless because I knew that Dan would not like this movie. <laughs> and I knew I would destroy him and thus I've succeeded. You did. You succeeded. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I gotta give you props. I'm glad I did it at last. When we get to our 30th and we have to rank the sinister sixes. Yeah. like you know, I think that's gonna be a dangerous time for maybe us in all. A, it, I don't know if it's ascending or descending order. Well, that we, we gotta have do to whatever we gotta but... do. Maybe top five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the top five most painful that we've watched from one another. But but it does leave me worried because I don't have anything on this well, level. You've got a week to think, so... Hmm. But before you do, Dan, mm-hmm. anywhere that our audience can find us on social media... Uh, you can find me on Instagram at King underscore Danis, where I'll be posting artwork very soon uh, mm. for podcasts, Pokemon, D&D, things like that. Uh, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast. And you can find me, John Lukaikowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram and the TikTok, Drink and Read JK on the Twitter. And you can follow my other podcasts, including Nightcaps at the Theater and Drink and Read JK. And I mean, you can find me in my new starring role on the podcast that is Anime Was Not a Mistake. Of course, of course. <laughs> and adjacent properties. Yeah, damn. What are you gonna do now, huh? I oh, are don't. I'm gonna beat this. I don't have a teaser just yet. Mm. I had a plan. Yeah, well, I. I that. had a plan for a comfy, casual Sinister Six movie. Yikes! It's Sinister um, Selection, Dan. But it might stay in the pot, uh, so that I can invoke more dark powers yeah. to to bring something. You're have to worse. beat me, huh? 
I I do. I kind of have to. I kind of yeah. have to. You rise you've to forced the occasion. My hand. Um, so I cannot offer any teas at this moment. I got to go back to the lab and I got to think a lot <laughs> about about Good. what my selection will be. Um, but it should be entertaining nonetheless. I'll, mm. I'll try to provide some larfs if I can. So. Mm. I guess we'll hope to see you there, but... Uh, Who's wearing hard sole shoes, Dan? Probably drawing board. Hmm. Gonna have to take it out on him again. Interesting. Let's get him to the hospital. We'll see you then. What? You survived anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. <laughs> As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe, where most podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember boils and ghouls if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in Cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan. Support us on social media. And last, but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not A Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not A Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way, we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity.